You are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chomp Cast. Um, there's a glitch in the system today, so to speak, as we discuss some of our favorite and most memorable bugs or glitches that we've encountered in our many years of video gaming. Uh, with some help, I might add, from our incredible Instagram community. Speaking of buggy games, you asked for it, and now you shall receive it. You wanted our opinion on Kingdom Come Deliverance, the new open-world fantasy game that is generating a ton of buzz after its successful Kickstarter. You voted in the polls, and me and Shay have taken the plunge to play it. So we're looking forward to talking about that. Did that just because we love you guys. And also, it looked pretty interesting. Speaking of polls, we have some fun results involving Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze on the Switch, Papa John's, Bloodborne 2, and Persona 6 um, for some fun talking points. So, th- And those are so many cool topics today. We have a BioBreak article involving artificially created sea predators, so you don't want to miss that. Fish is still playing Monster Hunter for some fucking reason. I don't know why. We have a fantastic email that we're going to read as well, and all that and much, much more on this week's Chompcast. Um, but let's get to some intros here. Uh, up first, you know, um, I was trying to think about intros we could do that were, you know, bug-related um, because of the topic of the show. And um, Fish is here, the Filipino Johnny Depp, and uh, it's funny because before the show, um, me and Fish were talking about bugs in gaming today, and he told me he was really excited to talk about his favorite bug in all of gaming, Heracross, the bug-type Pokemon. It was at that point I had to inform him, sadly, that that was not exactly the topic we had planned this week. Um, so I'm sorry about oh, that, Oh, God. I know. Why? I, 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 I had this whole spiel about Heracross and Pinsir uh-huh. and Yanma and... Trapinch. What's the spiel? I'll hear it right now. Give me, give me a, a little clip of that spiel. Just a little taste of it. Okay. Well, you know how Pinsir has, you know, that menacing look to him. But okay. for some reason, nobody seems to like him. And they don't seem to want to use him on their team. And I'm just wondering, maybe it's because of that villainous look on Pinsir that he's overlooked by a lot of the Pokemon trainers. Huh. putting him in their team. Yeah, psychoanalyzing Pinsir. I like it. Um, mm-hmm. Makes sense that Pinsir would be one of my favorite Pokemon because he looks nice and deranged for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. It looks like he's just ready to fucking snap a hair across in half. Yeah, he's like a demonic snatch from hell, um, which is exactly what I'm looking for. Um, I'm sorry about that, Fish. No hair across today, but one day, hair across will have his moment in the sun. Um, Oh yeah. Although not too much sun, be- time. not too much sun because he is weak to fire type. So got to be careful with that. But mm, that's true. Eventually, <laughs> eventually. Um, glad you're here, my friend. I know we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. Um, Shay, Professor Layton is here from Japan. Well, you know, Shay, I was thinking a lot about um, your love for. This is a strange way to start the show, so I'll try to keep this as clean as we can for the kids. Uh, there's no kids listening to the show. Please do. Um, I was thinking lately about your me, your love of uh, 
going down on the ladies. And me and my wife were, ta- or my, my girlfriend, were talking a lot about it because she was like, you know, you need to do this more for me. And I realized that I had an un- <laughs> I think I realized why I was more hesitant to go down than you guys were. What's the, the one thing I have that you guys don't? A beard. Um, a beard. No shame. And uh, oh. it's a, <laughs> it's like a mop just soaking up all the juices. Um, so there's one thing you don't think about, Shay. Imagine with your love of that, if you had had a beard, it changes things up a little bit. You know, I can't grow a beard, so. It's just it's the things you don't um, think about. It's like eating cereal. You get I get my fucking cereal all over my beard. It's the little things, you know. True. I hope to God that my uh, dad never listens to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> or so thanks. Or for this that. could be a great place to start. Um, but I was <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I, I was uh, you know, you know, our listeners are cool. They like those sort of uh, the real topics. You know, Shay, I was thinking about you. I had this whole joke plan that I crossed out, but I was thinking about you know how you were a muff diver and how you love kill switch engage and they do a cover of Holy Diver and I thought it'd be only appropriate. Um, I want, I just want to get your opinion on this as a, a Killswitch Engage fan. It's a Killswitch Engage cover of Dio Holy Diver then covered by me terribly on the podcast. Okay. I, I'd love to hear it right now, Let's please, <laughs> please. Muff a diver, you can dive real deep and you hope it's clean. Now you're covered in her cream. Wow! Muffy diver, you can barely breathe and your eyes will sting. All your neighbors hear her scream. Now you spread those legs, spread those legs. Muffy diver! I hope that was okay for you. Stinging eyes, huh? That, uh, so, doesn't happen to you guys? Oh my god, that was incredible. That actually went much better than I expected it to. <laughs> I will, you know what? I'm not even mad anymore that you mentioned that. I wasn't mad in the first place. But no, now I don't care because that was worth any bit of embarrassment <laughs> I can sustain from here on. It could on have out. been worse than my After that, that was incredible. embarrassment. I, I've, had, um, I've had holy divers stuck in my head. All day, like constantly, everywhere I go, I can't stop singing. Holy Which time. version? The kill switch one? The, the kill switch one, yeah. Yeah, of course. Good man. Good man. I'm I tried listening to the Dio version, but it's just once, once I had the kill switch version, it's just, I want all classic hard rock songs to be remade by modern bands that I like, and then I'll be happy. The Dio version is great, man, because Dio is a legend, but uh, personally for me, and maybe this is bias, I just think, that um like the instrumentation is better than the newer version um except the guitar the guitar works really good and just howard jones to me is comparable to dio in certain songs so uh i know that's probably blasphemic to a lot of the uh no. hardcore metal heads but you know oh whatever. i say much more i'm not elitist <laughs> i say much more blast blasphemic is that a, that's a, that's a blasphemic is that a correct a correct word um that is absolutely a correct word let's let's not argue about no, words this week no. we did that enough last no week. no words no words <laughs> we'll argue about. but yeah. uh no yeah it's getting all the the dark down tune guitars yeah I, it's a good song um uh speaking of uh which josh um i thought about you this weekend 
Um, I went, I went to see, no, well, I didn't think about you when I was muff diving. Um, I just wanted to make that clear, but I did think about you this weekend. I went to see Black Panther, um, which is a very popular new Marvel film. And they, everything is started by this magical material called, um, vibranium. And then every time they said vibranium, I just thought of Josh many years ago making fun of unobtainium from Avatar. Like mm -hmm. I just kept hearing Josh's voice, unobtainium, the stupid fucking unobtainium. So now you've like some, it's weird how like those things stick out in our head. Like I don't even know why I remember that. Like for some reason, <laughs> I remember you hating on unobtainium. So, mm -hmm. yeah, just hitting that nail as squarely on the head as they possibly could with the names and. In Avatar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that name is just, that name is absolutely atrocious. <laughs> or uh, maybe it's just... It's god-awful. Uh, okay. So god-awful, it's amazing. But, um, yeah, um, yeah, so thanks a lot for, I appreciate that, Josh. You just be mm -hmm. warned, if you go to see Black Panther, they're gonna, they're gonna say vibranium a lot, and it's like a magical material that, you know, powers all their yep. technology and everything, so. Yeah, that's kind of, that's been the big MacGuffin going on in black panther since yeah are you familiar with black panther did you ever, ever read the buck comics or anything like that? i've read some of them i'm i've gotten more into it just from the crossovers from all the other marvel stuff mm -hmm. um but yeah that's i was familiar with that one before seeing the movie so well i'm i was prepared for it once you know have you seen it you saw black panther not yet that's what i'm, I'm, oh, okay, what I'm okay. saying you said that okay gotcha yeah just, okay. just so right. it doesn't. So you're ready. Yeah. Add it to the, the other list of taniums. Mm -hmm. Or, or, or aniums. <laughs> I'm sorry. Aniums. How many aniums can we, can we get here? Um, Fish is looking for vape anium. That's his uh, special material that he wants to, to find somehow and fuel everything with. So I, I think I found it, actually. Did you? I, I'm holding it in my hand, but can't show you on the camera. Okay. All right. That's, that's your superior. <laughs> Fish <laughs> is the superior. Go ahead, Shay. I see you. I'm just saying, hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that's your superpower, Fish, is some sort of vape-related or fuel. Um, you know, I so the funny thing is I did see, I, by the way, am Morgan, um, of course, from Montana, and I, I did see Black Panther this weekend. I will tell you this. There's a lot of hype behind that movie, as usual, and uh, I hate to add the qualifier of, like, pretty good for a Marvel movie. Um, and that's what I said, even on my Instagram page, I was like, look, I don't, my opinion on this shit doesn't really matter because comic book movies aren't really my thing, but I will say this, I do appreciate the rated R comic book, comic book film. I think that's what I learned about myself. Um, like the Logans and the Deadpools and stuff like that, because I like, I just, it just appeals to me, but the eight year old kid in my theater who was rolling around with his plastic, um, <laughs> he was rolling around the theater with his plastic, uh, Black Panther claws. Um, those kind of kids aren't going to be able to enjoy the kind of... So I'm just a different audience, you know? I'm looking for something a little more profound and dark, and these movies have to sort of tread that line of being more commercial, and they, I think they fall into... It makes them a little bit more generic in my eyes, so... Um, it, was, it, was, it was enjoyable, though. My girlfriend loved it. She hates those kind of movies, and she was like, this is the only one I've ever loved. So I was like, all right, that's cool. You know, to each their own. Um, call me when there's a, a rated R comic book film in theaters. And, uh, but I, Deadpool. Could, uh, yeah, Deadpool and Deadpool was funny and it was funny because it was going to some fucked up places too. So 
Um, Deadpool 2 coming out here in a few months. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably check that out. And I actually want, that's funny because we wanted to go see Annihilation, which is the new science fiction movie with Natalie Portman in it that's getting a lot of buzz from the Ex Machina director, but it, it wasn't in, in my city. So we went to Black Panther and, you know, I like to weigh in on those uh, phenomenons for myself anyway, just see what they're like. But anyways, it's, I'm excited for this show. Um, the topic of the show, as we talked about earlier, is basically kind of weird. We changed it up. We have a really huge topic planned next week as well. So we had to change this to the last minute. But our community has been incredible because me and Shay started playing Kingdom Come Deliverance. And it's been talked about in the, in the gaming media because it's pretty buggy. And even the, the developer of the game came out and said he had just wished he had had more time to make the game and smooth out that stuff, which is actually kind of interesting because it's been in development for a long time. I actually went and looked at the Kickstarter. I think it was like 2015 or 2014 or something. So it's, it's been cooking around for a while. Um, but it's, it's, just, uh, it's interesting that he wanted more time because uh, maybe he should have spent less time on buying questionable T-shirts and more time on developing his game. You know, I some of the Kickstarter. How long games, does it take you to buy a T-shirt, Shay? <laughs> um, if you're going in to be like, hmm, what is oh something I can offend people but not too much? Get a little buzz generating. Hmm. It's, you have to find the perfect T-shirt. I mean, I don't know about you, but I I've spent a good thirty minutes browsing T-shirts on websites online to find that perfect one that speaks mm-hmm. to me. That's how I found my new I've shirt. I spent ten spent... minutes looking for the yeah. Yeah, go for it, go for it. I was going to say, I ruminated on that near shirt for three days. I right, yeah. I, I've spent multiple days searching for the perfect Shining Force shirt, and I still haven't bought it yet. No. Because no. I haven't found it. That's just, do they even make Shining Force shirts? They don't, do they? Oh, that's, yeah. That's the, oh, yeah. That's the tragedy. They that's, do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They do. The problem no. is that they're not Shining Force shirts. They're Shining Force shirts. And it's uh, just not... Not what you're really looking for. Okay, okay. That joke went a little look, over my head, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to nod along. If, <laughs> if, they, if they make near Automata shirts, they definitely make Shining Force shirts. Well, they, yeah, and nowadays, and honestly, they just make the shirt. They, every time you order a shirt now, it's like, we're, we're building this shirt right now, which means we're printing it out. So they just make them to order. So um, you can get it. I made a shirt of fish holding a Gallahorn and gave it to my father for Christmas. So <laughs> anything is fucking possible. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I smile I like, every time. I like a fan. to think your dad wears that. You know, he does he's mowing the lawn or something like that. Uh, when he cleans up the dog shit, I whenever think he's, he's mowing his lawn. <laughs> oh hey oh oh, he's muff diving too. <laughs> hey, whoa, don't whoa, put whoa, that whoa, thought whoa, in my whoa, head. Whoa, don't whoa, put whoa. that in my head. Whoa, come on, man. <laughs> come on now. Uh, that's fair. I'm just I, saying he's trimming the hedges. Yeah, oh. good hygiene. That's all. Oh. Take it too far, using. fish. Just taming the bear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what we call it. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen a, a shaved bear? Have you guys ever seen a picture of that? No. It's pretty. It's pretty no. frightening. I you should look it up someday. <laughs> a shaved bear. It's frightening. Yeah, it's probably more terrifying than a furry bear. So. Um, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Furry bears aside, we were talking about memorable glitches today. At least we'll try to mention one or two, and we have some cool stuff community as well. Because people really responded to this topic, I think, because they have a, a lot of memorable things from their childhood. And also, that's kind of something that's special about video games. When you go to watch a movie, you're not going to see, like, Brad Pitt's head, you know, shrivel off of his body and start spinning around. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a very 
concise, crafted piece of product, and you know exactly what you're going to watch. But video games, because they have so many moving pieces and all the technical stuff behind the scenes, you get glitches to go. And, and you know, um, player involvement, player agency, interactivity. That always leads to people finding ways to, to break things that maybe the developer could not anticipate. So we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. I'll kick it off this way. Missing No was the first thing that came to mind for me. I don't know if you remember that one a lot from your childhood. Um, yep. Anyone who, yeah, anyone who opened Pokemon Blue or Red was doing the Missing No cheat to get all those fucking rare candies and level yep. up your Pokemon. <laughs> um, do you still know YouTube how to level 99? Do you still know how to do it? Dude, off the top of my head, all I remember is you had to go talk to this guy who taught you how to catch Pokemon. Then you had to, like, fly to, I think, Cinnabar Island, and which was... And then you had to surf at a, around certain edges or something, and then mm-hmm. you could run into yeah. it. I don't, yeah, that's all I remember. Yep. Yep, mm-hmm. and you had to have uh, the rare candy either in the first or last slot in your inventory. Um, or whatever, basically whatever you wanted to duplicate, whether it's 99 master balls or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it was really cool because it, um, there was all these speculations going around about what missing no actually was supposed to be. Some people thought it was like an evolution of like Kangaskhan and Cubone or something weird like that that got cut out. Um, but basically it was something that, that glitched out some sort of developer asset that they didn't complete or need or whatever but they had built enough of it into the game to where it existed so that you could pull it up and i don't know if you guys saw this but i well go ahead josh go ahead i'm pretty sure it was just a number table of which pokemon you were supposed to encounter Mm -hmm. that by a lot of old nintendo games had the same issue where you could force the roles to be what you wanted um some of the best ways to uh speedrun the original Zelda were to do the same thing was to force the random table to allow enemies to drop what you wanted when you wanted them to. Mm, okay. Um I think this is a similar thing because by basically forcing this random table to have a set number, you'd get off the actual table of Pokemon that you could actually catch um and end up with the Missing them. Oh, okay. Pokemon being the one that yeah. actually rolls rolls to show up. Um, that's yeah, that's real weird. Yeah, and another side effect of this that I loved was by picking where you went before this, you could mm-hmm. instead of forcing the Pokemon off of that list, you could force the level that that Pokemon was off the list, and oh, end really? up with you could catch like level hundred and twenty. Pokemon and oh up. yes yes I remember that yep yep yeah yeah, yeah. so and, I uh, yeah. and and you could level them all the way up to 255 before that table would actually roll back over and start you over so you could have an extremely high level Pokemon by yeah using that what? same glitch that was fun when I was a kid, but the thought of doing that now just makes me feel so disgustingly dirty that I would do that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you think about it, like, when we were kids, we'd play with shit like Tamagotchis, and we thought that shit was fun, just, like, feeding some, like, four-bit creature on a little handheld. We're like, fuck yeah, yeah. this is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that, that was the level of our imagination, what we had to have, essentially, because of what technology was available. We were like, mm. when I get home... Yeah. I'm going to play with my Tamagotchi. 
So the thought of, you know, grinding 255 levels in Pokemon doesn't sound that bad when you're that Mm -hmm. age. But now, yeah, absolutely. But I really wish that, like, the missing number kind of glitch happened more in video games where developers forgot to delete some type of code and you just have, like, random heads of people floating around or just, like, (laughs) a pair of legs just walking. Just, like, nothing else, just a pair of legs walking. Not attached yeah. to anything. Like, just shit like that would be hilarious, even if yeah. it was intentional. Uh, I think the closest I've come to that was in the last WoW expansion. Um, when it released, I was just wandering around exploring, and I found Captain Placeholder. Because apparently they were going to have something there, and oh. never got around to it, but left the guy. So... Captain yeah. place <laughs> there. That's there was funny. a captain placeholder. That's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And the weird thing is, like, I was thinking about this the other day because there was another one that that really blew my mind. It was um, so I don't know if you guys remember this, but whenever we were younger, everyone was trying to find Mew, and everyone thought there was this weird thing you could do where you get on the boat or get in the area where the boat is, and you could get on this truck. There was like hundreds of rumors going around in my school, and none of them worked. And then. It showed up on the internet like 10 years later. I remember I was actually living with Fish. We were in the, uh, living in our apartment days where we were just being young kids and doing a bunch of drugs and failing at uh, talking to women. And uh, we were playing a lot of Pokemon. And I, f- I found on YouTube that someone said the Mew glitch was real. And I was like, no way. After all this time, was there really a way to do it? And there was. I fucking did it. There was a way to get Mew. You had to do this very specific thing, talking to a guy on a bridge, like that Nugget Bridge. You had to go warp to an area and have a certain Pokemon, but it happened. There is a way to get Mew without a Game Shark or anything like that, and I did it. And it blows my mind to think that that was hiding there in the game, but even more so that people find this shit, right? Like, how think about how obscure and weird it is to do, like, the Missing No or the Mew, but that somebody found that. How did somebody figure that out? You know, like, and that, that's, that's just crazy to me. Like, what was that guy doing or gal that they were just wandering around doing the most random dumb shit that they figured this, this glitch out? So sometimes how they discover them is, is almost more magical of a story to me. Was it just chance? Was it some sort of code they unearthed? Or, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's cool just in general how people discover things in video games too, because, um, like I said last week, I just finished uh, Shining Force 2 again on um, the second hardest difficulty. And there are some secrets in that game that I, there's no way I would ever find some of the certain items in there mm-hmm. um, without looking up at a guide. Because they're just in the most inconspicuous places. And you would literally have to search every square of every part of that game to find some of these items. And, and someone it's, did. It's, it's, someone searched yeah, every exactly. square. <laughs> Exactly, and it's the same thing with glitches. It's like it's incredible it, to me. Um, and I'm not, I don't mean this like tongue in cheek. I mean this sincerely. It's incredible that people um, will spend their time doing that as a labor of love, and they're intelligent enough or lucky enough to find some of those glitches or find some of those secrets hidden in a game. Yeah, yeah, this sh- shit's fucking crazy. And um, yeah, what about you, Fish? And we started thinking about. Um, some of them, you were more memorable glitches. Like what was one that really stuck out for you? Um, uh, this one happened back in world of Warcraft, um, back before any expansion came out. Um, okay. 
uh back in 2005 like they they were they had a uh, i guess a server reset or they were bringing down the servers i'm not sure but um it, there there was a system wide announcement saying oh we got 15 minutes till the servers come down and i was like i was sitting there in ogremar um just uh i had one of my pets before you know pets were a thing where you could collect them and battle them um back then pets were just something that followed you around that was it and um i had a mechanical squirrel um that mm-hmm. i crafted from um the engineering uh profession that you could choose okay anyways uh i pulled him out i clicked on the little cage that he's in in my inventory and he didn't show up and i was like okay that's weird so i clicked it again and then all of a sudden he popped up and then like a second later another one popped up and i was like whoa weird got two mechanical squirrels and and then another one i was like (laughs) well no i got the thing i was like okay the server seems kind of fucking laggy right now Uh so i just clicked it like 50 or 60 different times and then eventually all these mechanical squirrels just circled around Mm. me (laughs) and i was like holy shit and i started yelling to everybody i was like i was like hey does everybody see all these fucking squirrels around me and i was like at the auction house and like all these people just started crowding around me or like (laughs) he was like a god (laughs) he's been chosen by the squirrels Yeah, I, I was I was literally screaming out at one point because I was having so much fun with it. I was like, "I'm the Squirrel King!" <laughs> God, that's so nerdy. I love it though. Just imagine uh, like fish from back in the day sitting in there. I'm the Squirrel King. Those are me- I we I dude. I remember that somehow. We had like a joke about mechanical squirrels. I don't remember. It was like a song or something weird that me and you had back in the day. But I remember this story. I do. I was probably playing yeah, WoW with you. So I. God, I, I don't. You were. I was probably there. I'm probably only remember. No, you weren't there. No, yeah, you left me in the dust. <laughs> I wasn't cool enough to play with Fish's posse. Um, so what happened? Did they take away your mechanical squirrels or? No, they uh, the servers went down and it went back to normal. Oh. And as soon as they came back up, I logged in and I was like, oh, down to one squirrel. <laughs> but I, I do, I do remember like having like, it was it was just awesome running around with like fifty squirrels circling around you. Because they would run in a perfect circle around you because how they how they do the pets in World of Warcraft, they could be at a fixed radius around you mm-hmm. um, anywhere. And since I had so many, they all just like piled up on each other and created like a perfect circle of mechanical squirrels. Oh, um, man. Yeah. That's that's pretty adorable. Were you, it sounds like you were sad when you came back and all your squirrels were gone, all your little friends taken away mm-hmm. from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a great glitch. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. And you manipulated that glitch, too, because you were like, oh, let me see what happens if I keep clicking this when the server's fucked up. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. That's good. What about you, Shay? Was there any uh, glitches that or bugs that stuck out in your memory? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the major ones was actually from Elder Scrolls Oblivion, mm-hmm. where... Uh, there was a ton of duplication cheats. I know anyone who played that game remembers it. Um, but one, it's kind of, it's not really off the duplication cheat, but one thing you could do is if you threw a paintbrush, like just dropped it, it would float in midair. So we went to the, I believe it's called the Imperial Tower. It's been so long since I played that game, which is the biggest, mm-hmm. the tallest point in the world. 
and you would just throw paintbrushes in midair, and you would just keep throwing them, grabbing your old one, or if you have an inventory of however many you want, you just keep throwing them in air, and you just keep jumping on paintbrush to paintbrush to try and get to the very top. And I oh, remember uh, my my friend and I, uh, my friend Austin and I did that back in the day for like two or three hours. Because we would fall down and we'd have to do it again or we'd die. Just climbing paintbrushes? <laughs> yeah, to get to the top. And we finally did it. And we got to the top. We're like, oh, shit, we finally did it. But you can't, cl- you can't physically climb on top of the tower. It's weird because it wasn't, it wasn't rendered as like oh, a solid yeah. item. It literally is like you just fall through the tower. <laughs> so we got to the top. And then we just, after we finally did it, we was like, cool. And then we just jumped off and killed ourselves. <laughs> You know, it's like you just kind of wanted to know you could do it, <laughs> but, kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was just like the satisfaction of knowing that you could do that in the game, but just like all the different, uh, do or all the different glitches in Oblivion that you can manipulate, like all the different. I think there's like ended up being four or five different types of duplication cheats in Oblivion. So we had an email yeah. from somebody. Did you want to read that email that we had for, or not email, yeah. but a comment that we had on, it was about oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. It was dead Wasp who said oblivion comes to mind because of the neat glitch that lets you duplicate items, all of the cheese. And that made me laugh because I would just like, sometimes I would just, uh, go into a street and just throw heads of lettuce, just duplicate them and just keep duplicating them. And if you do that <laughs> enough, um, like on, on one of the older systems, it will freeze your system because it can't have oh. that many heads of lettuce. It can't handle all the lettuce on the screen at Too one time. Yeah. So they're like, the streets are just filled with lettuce and your mm-hmm. guy is just walking super slow and glitchy. And then eventually it just shuts the system down. Um, because there's so many of one item on the screen and it just can't handle that much at one time. He also said, and Street Fighter 2 and arcades had a cool glitch bug where you could cancel the animation of certain attacks by initiating a different attack. Later, this would become an actual game changer as a new feature called combos. Good stuff. I have no knowledge about Street Fighter. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool, though. It evolved into like an actual feature. Well, and that's Mm -hmm. that's a funny line that we tread because... um, and I'm going to throw it to here in a second too, Josh, but whenever uh, I had a comment that was kind of on the longs of what I was talking about as well from Got Game Guy, where he said, interesting how some glitches behave like cheat codes, which is true because the missing no thing was a basically a glitch that people were uh, abused to become a cheat code. So it, yeah. it's weird. Like some of those glitches become so much more like and this. Is, and this is what I've noticed so far. Fitch, Fish was like, he broke his for like amusement. And right. And. I'm looking for mm-hmm. practicality with, with my cheat code, with the missing no and like getting items and stuff. And Shay was just trying to basically raise hell. He's throwing lettuce. He's climbing paint, but there's no purpose to what he's doing. He's just entertaining himself by, by wreaking havoc. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's interesting how you see each of our personalities come out and, and how we approach our stupid glitches. But what about you, Josh? Like what's a, a glitch that was sticking out to you when we talked about this or a bug? Um, I mean, obviously the, the Pokemon ones, just because I used those a ton as a kid as well. But mm-hmm. um, ones, yeah. there were duplication bugs in just about every RPG when we were kids. It was just people figured those out all the time. Like, I remember them from pretty much every Final Fantasy game. Um, there are ways to duplicate items um, that were fun. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a, yeah. Was there one Although, in particular that you Hardly used? necessary. Hardly necessary in Final Fantasy games, because usually you, you get had, plenty. You had tons of stuff anyway. It's like, what, what are you even going to duplicate? <gasps> um, but. Josh, ah. I have the most amazing story. I don't want to cut you off, but I, you mm-hmm. just reminded me of this, and I hadn't thought of it. There was this thing you could do in Final Fantasy VIII when you had the limit break with Selfie where she did the slot machine. You could mm-hmm. physically open your PlayStation. You could click the open button, yeah. and her slot machine would freeze. And you could take as much time as you wanted to pick what... And then you would close the PlayStation again, and it would start up again. And I was like, it yep. was like the, the most... That's crazy. I actually yeah. remember that. Yeah. yeah. And like you could do that, too, if, if you were fighting a boss and you didn't want to turn off the system um open it no i can't remember there's there's something else you can do with that that yeah. that tray trick like because you would use it against bosses i don't know if it was like to adjust hmm. the damage that a boss would do to you i can't remember now i don't know just that i haven't yeah. thought about that since like i was i hadn't either when young, josh said that i was like oh my god that's right i remember doing because i i did it on the omega weapon because i could freeze it and then you could use her ultimate limit break which was called the end and it would kill anything. So I'm, I freaking killed the, one of the strongest monsters in the entire game with fucking selfie, uh, because yeah. I use this stupid. It's just funny, amusing. Yeah, yeah, and that that ultimate usually sucked because it was so random. Yes, but, yeah, yeah. You'd be able to pick exactly what you wanted by trying it over and over again with the machine open. Yeah, I you could I sit definitely... there for ten minutes and do it if you wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I remember funny. that one. I don't think I ever actually used it to kill anything, but I, I knew about it. It was one of the ones going around there. Yeah. Um, going, it was going yeah. around. <laughs> um, trying to think of any that really stuck out that I used a bunch as a kid. There were some in Ocarina of Time about... Really? Tell me more. What was in Ocarina yeah. that had? Um, the... Dude, wait a second. Wait a second. Let me back up. Do you say Ocarina? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I actually uh, thought it was Ocarina. I th- it probably is Ocarina. I don't know. No, is this? We're not giving each this, other shit again. We're is, not giving each no, other no, shit. No, for, no, no, Morgan. <laughs> Morgan, this might be the first. And I, you only generally time assume that O Josh. says O unless you're in yeah. English. It's the first time English I've ever is... been right about anything English related in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think I think Josh. I, th- I I hate to do it at your behests or your your. Uh, Whatever word I'm looking for, because apparently now I can't speak English either. But I think we mm-hmm. should give Morgan the, the one and only time he'll ever be right about English over you. I because this is never going to happen again. It's Did never going to happen laugh? again. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll have to print uh, print a T-shirt for him to wear. The one and only time. Mm-hmm. Ocarina. <laughs> that yeah. could see that could be. I'm a curious shirt. about the it's root of Ocarina, that now. Not Ocarina. You know? yeah. Because it's interesting. I don't know what the root would be from there. I mean, it ends with an A, so you'd assume the O would say O, since it's probably from a Romance language, but I don't know what it actually is from. Interesting. I don't either. Well, you know, like, I just learned the, I learned the other day, yesterday, and this is tangential, and I'm sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. I was teaching my students the TH sound, and there are two uh, ways to pronounce the TH sound. And actually, you can tell the difference by putting your hand to your throat as if you're choking yourself. And if you say the very slowly, you can feel the back of your throat vibrate. Or if you say something like uh-huh. thin, your throat doesn't vibrate. Yeah. And that's how you can tell they the difference. They should know this from Japanese because that's what the 
Dendaku letters are. You're, um, yeah, you're right. It's, you're right. It's but changing, just, you know, like yeah, changing them to the voiced versions. Right. Yeah, and it's just something I never thought about because like mm-hmm. it's been so long since I've had to think about like the origin of where those sounds come from in the mouth and whatnot. That like yeah. when we were when with my students when we were identifying the different sounds between the words, I, was, I had to think about it for a minute. I'm like, is this the uh, the vibrating one or is this the non-vibrating one? I had to sit there and think mm-hmm. about it. And the students <laughs> were getting were getting the answer right before I was because it's just something we don't as English speakers think about. But tangential. I apologize. Yeah. Please continue, Morgan. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I, I sent you guys a picture of this. Um, somebody had mentioned, let's see, the bagel one said the MLB the show, if you don't know, don't look it up, which of course means we have to look it up. So I sent you a picture of it. It's a horrifying glitch, in which case the baseball players look like fucking nightmares. Are you guys looking at this? I, I sent no, you a picture right privately now. in your WhatsApp. Um, it is oh fucking God, terrifying. Right, right. <laughs> huh. It's like, wow. that is incredible. That the is. Words, how would you even describe that, that to our listeners? I want to get like, those framed. That's fucking amazing. Like the one looks like a giant a demon with pubes all over his face, <laughs> <laughs> and then one on the right looks like it almost looks like the face is made out of toothpicks, except that the edge of it almost looks like a beehive or something weird. Like I don't even know how to articulate it. Um, horrifying though. So that thank you for scarring us forever. Um, the bagel one. So <laughs> uh, that was one they mentioned. Um, t- t- Sis, uh, Sector Seven Item Shop said best one for me is the Vanish slash Doom combo from Final Fantasy VI. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that one, Josh. Um, yep. Um, it defeats anything, even bosses that have Doom immunity because Vanish overrides yep. it. Yep. And most most bosses are immune to Vanish as well. However, in order to stop the game from crashing by having spells reflect back and forth and back and forth. Um, things can only reflect one time. So you cast Reflect on yourself, cast Vanish on yourself, and it will force it onto the boss who is immune to Vanish, and then you can cast Doom onto that Vanished boss and kill it. That is, that is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that's, that's really cool. That, and that's one of those Final Fantasy ones that you were kind of uh, alluding to. Um, yeah. Everyone's mentioned the Oblivion ones. I got some arrow in the knee, like uh, Shram underscore Ryan mentioned the arrow in the knee thing, but he's basically just alluding to Elder Scrolls games. See, I was, I was, when I looked it up, there was a lot, but you guys haven't mentioned anything specifically. And I noticed oh, with, oh, yeah. like Fallout and Elder Scrolls and stuff, they were mostly like small humorous things uh, for me. But I don't know if you guys ever experienced anything worth mentioning from Bethesda stuff. Hmm. Anything? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, there there are times where, um, there's, and I don't know, yeah, it's a glitch, actually. I actually remember this from Skyrim, that there is a Daedric quest that I needed to complete, essentially. And it was the last one, and it was the la- one of the last achievements I needed on that game. And I had, um... The Daedric quest? Yeah. And, um... Basically, because of a certain sequence of what happened, basically this character died by a dragon attack because, you know, those randomly generated dragon attacks. Yes, yes, yes. And I, the character who gives me the mission died. So I basically couldn't finish all the Daedric quests, couldn't get the achievement. And I initially thought I was going to have to start the game all the way over 
just to do all those danger quests, but then um, they didn't even patch it. They figured out a way around it. And um, basically some users, and I had to look online for months and months until someone figured out a way around it. Oh, man, so there's that's that. fucked up. But, yeah, when it impedes your think, progress, oh, that's that's where it's not funny anymore. That's that's just no, yeah. exactly. My the the worst the the worst glitch I've ever experienced um, was in the Fable Anniversary remake for the Xbox 360 because I had spent uh, the equivalent of two days time in that game, you know, building my character up and playing through it. Because I used to love mm-hmm. Fable as a kid, and when you get to the end of that game. Uh, when you're going to fight uh, Jack as the dragon form, you basically have to transport to this area. And when I did that, the screen went completely black. I could move the character, I could hear him, but the screen was black. So I didn't know where I was going. Hmm. Um, and it took them about uh, Lionhead Studios about six months to patch that, which they finally did, obviously. And then... So they fixed that, you know, that black screen glitch. And so I I was able to go into the area that initiates a cutscene so you can fight the final boss. So I go there, and the cutscene won't pull up. No matter what I do, the cutscene does not pull up. So that was the second glitch that happened. And Lionhead Studios was like, we're aware this is a glitch. We're not going to fix it, because at this point, we're moving on to other titles and other games. So they were aware of the glitch, chose not to fix it. This wasn't, yeah, resources weren't worth, yeah, that's tough. Ha. Right. So I, I had to start the game all the way over again just to beat it, and it worked the second time. But why? But when at that I, point, that's you'd when say, I would achieve game. hunt like a I'm motherfucker. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. Nah, when you have one achievement left on a list of 50, <sighs> it's like, I gotta finish it. You know? That's, that's so. brutal. Uh I got another glitch. Um, it's from Borderlands, um, and it's like very beneficial for you to. Um, uh, th- there was a glitch where if you got online with somebody <clears throat> and traded, uh, threw down a, a weapon for them, and then just immediately logged out without saving, you would still have you would end up with that weapon in your hand. But in that game, that person could pick it up and essentially have it for themselves. So. Uh, in a game, you know, where you're collected, trying loot, to get the best yeah. legendary weapons and whatnot. Um, yeah, that that became like very beneficial as far as glitches go. That that I found that I I didn't use it that much, but um, like I think me and my wife were if we had like a certain gun that we really wanted from the other, um, we would use that glitch. And we'd both have it then. <clears throat> but um, actually, you know what? This is probably the best glitch ever. Best one. Uh, best one. The uh, the Destiny loot cave in the original Destiny. Um, they had there was a certain area. Uh, it was on um, on Earth, and you would go up to a cave, mm-hmm. and there was a it would it would spawn out hive. But uh, you had to be a certain distance away from it to keep the hive constantly spawning at like, there's like a seven second interval between their spawns, which was pretty quick um, for uh, spawns in that game. And there would be like, I guess, four or six different hive uh, just 
crawling out of there mm-hmm. and you would sh- everybody you would just shoot down it and kill them and hopefully get you know some uh loot drops from them well the, the cool thing about that one too fish was so they came out at this perfect interval to where you go and as soon as they last one dropped it'd be like a millisecond wait and then the a new batch would be out so you and your friends could sit out there for not even that long maybe half an hour and just kill hundreds and hundreds and loot would just rain in this cave because they were funneling out of this cave so they would die before they even left the cave. So after a half an hour of doing this, you would just run inside the cave, and it was like fucking like the Goonies or something, where you would just run in, there was just treasure everywhere. I don't know if that happens in the Goonies. I'm just throwing this out there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like treasure everywhere. Like a fucking... All, you know, all your... And it was just sitting there shining, and you would just... You get this adrenaline rush from just running over it. It's... It almost counts as like... A, it's more of an exploit than a glitch, but I kind of count... I count it. It's like the same thing, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would probably put that in the exploit, I guess, because you're, yeah, you are standing at a certain distance, and eventually Bungie did fix it. And, well, they uh, didn't mean to put them spawning that quickly together. I don't think so. That is kind of a, on mm-hmm. their end. Well, well, if you stood closer to the cave, like they would spawn, mm-hmm. they would they would spawn normally, which was like a few minutes. Oh, uh, okay. It wasn't that quick. Just standing in it. Um, See, how did somebody find that? How was somebody like, hey, dude, if we stand right in this exact spot, they spawn perfectly. Well, it, it's a, it's a first-person shooter, know. so I'd imagine somebody would be standing somewhere, shooting down the cave, killed them, and notice that more popped out immediately, and they're like, oh, shit, I'll shoot them again. And it was just constantly I, happening. I wish Destiny and 2 I, players could know. Wasn't that so fun, Fish? Don't you remember the magic of the loot cave? Oh, yeah. It, it was great. Like, once it got out and, oh. like, uh, certain sites put up articles about it, like... Everyone was out uh, there. We would go out there. There was, like, 30... There was, like, 16 hunters out there, like, just doing it. Everybody would stand at, like, this little second... Little little area where you had to stand Ooh. at and to get a optimal shot down into the cave and it was just great like oh they're spawning again everybody just unloads like fucking rockets and <laughs> fusion rifles down into it and we would just be bullshitting having a conversation how's your day man it's fine you know? and then exactly. we just like 20 minutes later you go in there and just clean up it was efficient too like you would get legendary it was back when it was oh. harder to get legendaries um in d1 mm-hmm. destiny 1 was a much bigger grind than d2 so yeah. man that was that, and they shut it down in like two or three days too because it was too good. But I remember those two or three days, fish. It was magic. Mm-hmm. It was magic. Well, well, then other loot caves popped up, and people were like, "Oh, if you go to this one place and do this, using the same practicality of standing at a certain distance, you can pull off the same thing." But it just never was the same. No. Two people mentioned um, uh, Red Dead Redemption. Uh, let's see here. Um, Frimbot said, as much as I love Bethesda's features, and that's a joke, put that in quotation marks. Um, my favorite all time has to be Red Dead Redemption glitches. Um, the cougar man running around, the people being raptured and flying around in the world, um, the carriages with hydraulics. I didn't see any of this shit, honestly. I don't, I've never once saw a glitch in Red Dead. Maybe that's like a, a PC thing. Was Red Dead out on the PC? I don't remember anything. Yeah. I don't know. Who, who'd you say this was? Uh, someone named Frimbot. Frimbot? Um, Fr- Frimbot, uh, listen really closely. If you ever talk shit about Bethesda again, <laughs> I'm going to shit on you. <laughs> uh, I, I, you can talk shit about Better watch your mouth, sir. I mean, he'll try. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not very accurate. 
Um, no, nah, I, like I don't the, care. The features, I, I Shay, Shay, Shay he was actually, he's on your side. He said features, you know, he's, <laughs> I know, I know. That's a, that was a joke. I, I know, know he's I know. fucking around. I don't know anything no, you, about he's those dead, dead serious. glitches. Me? I'm serious, motherfucker. Me neither. And uh, someone said, Big C underscore NY said, some of my favorites that happened to me are in Red Dead Redemption. Um, horse-drawn carriages would fly off in the space. Um, and, uh, do flips for into the horizon for no reason. So, um, a lot of people mentioned Red Dead, which is weird because I didn't have any of that happen to me personally when I first played it and I played the shit out of it. So, but that seems to be a thing. That was like a thing that people were aware of. So, um, let's see the sword fly glitch in Halo 2. Bad Zach said that. Do you remember that at all? That doesn't sound familiar to me at all, but it sounds really, was it a way of like killing people more easily or something? I don't know, but that remi- that for some reason reminds me of the Morrowind glitch, where if you do some like type of spell combination, you can just fly to the end of the game and beat it in like eight minutes. Hmm. hmm. Well, I don't know how someone figured that out, but that's interesting. <laughs> Fuck the Morrowind days. Yeah, like what? How, how does like that's that goes back to the previous conversation? How do people figure these glitches out? Exactly. That's fascinating there's one i'm going to mention a little bit that really falls into that category um there was a you guys remember i was obsessed with aranea from final fantasy 15 there was a way to glitch it out i showed you guys this a lot back in the day probably to the point you guys got sick of it there was a way to glitch out she was a temporary party member and you could do this weird glitch to get her as a permanent party member which was fucking awesome it's just i know i know you're mocking me but i dude i loved her so much in that game and that was one of those glitches that I ran to my PlayStation 4 and did that in two seconds. If you play Final Fantasy 15 and you've never seen the Aranea glitch, <laughs> you need to go do it. Okay, you can mock me all you want. Which, I'm telling you, it was, I'm just it was cool. I don't know. I don't remember that game um, well enough. It was just really tricky to pull off, but the idea was that you tricked the game into thinking that she was a permanent member of your party and she would stay with you forever, but she wouldn't get in your car or anything like that, which I thought was kind of a, a rude thing. Like the guys would all get in the car and they'd be driving off and Aranea would be running behind the fucking car. If, like if you, let's be honest. If you were a woman, would you get in a car with four guys dressed in leather in the middle of the desert? It seems no, like they have no, really yeah. bad decision-making abilities. Yeah. Would, I, I wouldn't want to get in the car with somebody like that. I'll tell you this though. Mm-hmm. Well, fish, you want to tell them about that? That one night? <laughs> no, no, no you don't. You want to leave it oh, just... That was a natural segue. Yeah, just right there. But okay. <laughs> um, well, you were leaning close to the microphone, so I thought you were popping in with the story, so I was just going to let you tell him. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I, try, I tried. No, um... No, but the, it was weird because, like, even when you'd camp and stuff, you could see her in your campground. Like, she would hang out with the, with the dudes, but she wouldn't, uh, she wouldn't actually get in the car or anything. So it was one of the cooler glitches I've ever seen. Like, when you go to the start screen and, like, she'd be in your party, um, and you couldn't, like, adjust her weapons, I don't think, or anything. But it was just really weird and cool. Anyways, a couple other cool comments, and then we can move on unless there's something big you guys want to mention. I don't want to stick you guys out. Uh, Red, uh, Red Blue Blur said that there was a glitch in Pokemon Emerald version. Um, in the battle frontier, we could clone your Pokemon's items, and that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Like RPGs always seem to have um, a lot of those. Uh, Dunkaholic Jam said, or Dunkaholic Dom said, in Jack Two and Three, you get the hoverboard, you could fly. There was some sort of hoverboard glitch, which sounds like a lot of fun. Um, 
Do you remember this one, Josh? Kyle literally said in Wario Stadium, there were shortcuts on Mario 64, especially when playing with people who don't know and seeing their faces when they finish the race. I don't know if does that count as a glitch or was it was it a glitch shortcut or just like a legitimate shortcut in, shortcut? In what? Uh, Wario Stadium on Mario 64. Wario Stadium? Yeah, just the that's just the um, the track. He's talking about in Mario Kart 64. Yeah, what did I say? You kept saying Mario 64. I was trying to figure out. Oh, what, sorry, in, sorry. In, yeah, the Wario okay. Stadium and Mario Kart 64. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. My bad. Yeah, there were uh, a few shortcuts you could make in some of those. I don't. That was game design, though, right? Those weren't like bugs. Um, I think some of them were. Some of them, some of them were much too big of a shortcut that I think were just overlooked ways you could jump the track oh yeah like, um, like the game would get confused and throw you in different spots or something yeah yeah um because there were there were some shortcuts they're, they've always had some shortcuts on on those things but yeah i think that one was probably not intended this comment makes me laugh sweet underscore z4l says rainbow siege six has popular is very popular for its glitches they can make or break a match in a heartbeat. I can laugh for hours on end after I remove my fist from the wall. So sounds like it's like a multiplayer thing and he's getting fucked over, which is pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, just to see if there's any other really good... A lot of people appreciated the Pokemon ones. I mean, that's legendary. Like, that's the reason I put the Missing No one right up on the post because I felt like that was like one of the most recognizable glitches that I had ever seen. Um... Let's do two more here. Underscore not very creative says, I'm not sure how common this glitch was for me, but throughout The Witcher 3, Geralt's legs from the knee up would retract up into his body for no reason. So it looked (laughs) like he was crouching everywhere he went. Um, Ocarina of Time was also a shit show for glitches. Everything from the wrong warp to the infinite sword glitch. Both games are beautiful. I don't know if I'd say Ocarina of Time is a shit show, but... He seems to he seems to have had a lot of he or she has had a lot of uh glitches. I don't I don't when we mentioned it earlier, Josh, did well, you delve into any of those? Awkward. It had it had a lot of forced glitches. Like there was almost nothing that glitched just in a normal playthrough. But there mm, was gotcha, gotcha. Nintendo games have always had things you can force to happen. You could break um, it. Okay. Like I was saying with those loot tables and stuff. Yeah. Um basically any way you can force yourself into Accessing something without triggering the proper event. Yes. Um, you can get yourself into trouble in Nintendo games because they're just, it, it's fairly easy to figure out which tables you're, you're getting into. Um, for example, the one I was mentioning before, um, whenever you picked up an item, it would immediately put it in your inventory and then shortly thereafter, it would trigger the event saying you picked it up and all the rest of that stuff Mm -hmm. and, and doing all the rest of that stuff. So you could pick things up with your boomerang. And as long as you made it out of the zone Mm -hmm. before your boomerang got back to you, it would give you the item and also leave the item. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you can use that to collect stuff over and over again. Force glitches, I think is, is a good, a good way to put it. Because um, Nintendo games are usually pretty polished. Last one here. This is from uh, Vivo86. She said, uh, yo, <laughs> hers is actually pretty funny. I like this. And Josh, you were kind of alluding to this a little bit earlier, but 
She said, yo, I built a glitch-engineered army of all damage-type Nido Kings. Nido Kings? Somebody mm-hmm. after your own heart, Josh. I pissed off so many people because I was unbeatable. Insert evil cackle. So she basically had this um, glitch-engineered army of perfect Nido Kings. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, hey, you're not cheating, you're not trying. Um, <laughs> so they say. That's, that's, that's the Bill Belichick logic. Anyways, thank you everyone for your uh, incredible comments. Um, as usual, if I missed you, I'm sorry. I try to get as many as I can without just sitting and reading comments the whole show. So thanks again. You guys are awesome. I've uh, been having a lot of fun just kind of getting everyone's feedback um, with some of these cool topics. So hopefully we can keep them going. That's a good transition into the game we've been playing, Kingdom Come. I know Josh and Fisher are really excited to hear our opinions on this game. Uh, <laughs> Kingdom Come Deliverance, a game that appears to be, you'd think, right up Shay's alley. Now, I want to say this. This game was in the news because it's really buggy, and that inspired the whole topic of the show. So if we have a fun bug or two, we'll, we might bring that up as well, but I don't want to dwell on those too much unless they're important just because we've been talking a lot about that to the show. But Shay, um, I actually messaged you first when I saw this game. Says, wow, I'd never heard of this game. It's created by Deep Silver. It looks, it's a Kickstarter fantasy first person RPG. Um, this looks right up your alley, but you were telling me this week that you haven't really been feeling it as much as you expected. Nah, definitely not. Um, first starting up the game, that in itself is incredibly annoying because the basically every time you start up the game you have to watch like the intro video because the screen or the the game takes so long to load it it takes so much time to load and it's i don't know if it is because obviously i haven't checked the actual or not statistics but the times but it feels worse than the the elder scrolls oblivion load screens it's just a true. Wait, so you're saying the game and then you actually hides like a load but, screen behind the opening movie, so every time you turn, you close the application, you have to watch that opening movie again? Basically, every time you start the game, you have to watch it over again, and it's wow, just... that's fucked. It's, it's fuck, fucking bad, man. It's really bad. Um, but you actually get into the game, and it starts off pretty, starts off pretty strong. Um... You know, you're learning kind of about who the main character is that you're about to be playing. And he's an interesting enough character. Um, he's, a, to me, a believable character. Mm-hmm. And, What's his name? Um, gotcha. Gotcha. You don't know his name. <laughs> Inigo Montoya. I don't give a fuck about names, dude. I never memorize. No, I'm I'm not trying. I'm just giving you shit in the fact that like I don't I don't remember his name either. But that's not that's just funny that we don't remember his name. What? You know, Josh, that's actually probably pretty accurate, considering what happens in the beginning of the game. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's just not quite as Spanish. (laughs) That's true. I don't. I don't. It's some like generic ass name that I was kind of surprised about. Yeah, why don't I remember? Um, Like, oh goddamn! I'm gonna have to look it up now. I feel angry, but. You don't get to create a character, which is, is a bummer. Is it? So. Is it Henry? It's not Henry. Henry. Well, that is sounds it? right. Yeah, Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> so you don't get to create. No, your own and character? that sucks because that would be perfect for this game. Like making your own character mm. would have been awesome. I actually respectfully disagree, and I think that uh, not being able to build your character has a benefit for this game because you, you <laughs> basically th- this game at the beginning, largely feels like an interactive movie. Yes. Uh, much like some of the other games we've played, like Heavy Rain or 
at times, uh, I think Hellblade could have been considered that at times, or something like a quantum mm-hmm. uh, break, whatever that game was called. But anyways, we didn't play that. Um, but yeah, it's it's so slow paced because it's trying to set everything up for you. Yes, and I think that I think that the game kind of falls short of what it's trying to do by basically going back and forth between this menial gameplay and then you learning what's going on at the beginning because it's it's interesting what is going on in the story, but then it's bogged down by these random events that you have to do that are basically they're trying to get you acquainted with the controls and stuff such as like uh uh well you need to go and gather your father's tools or you need to go gather some money or you need to go gather some coal or you know need you need to go get some beer mm-hmm. from your girlfriend it's just like there's nothing more exciting than uh, gathering your father's tools i mean what could be more action-packed than henry go get my tools come being a tool as you go get the tools yeah. which That's is exactly what the, no it's uh no it's it's just like you're going to do a series of fetch quests mm-hmm. in order to basically do the tutorial and it's like you know that's great and all which i'm being sarcastic but sorry my microphone randomly muted itself sorry or mm-hmm. you know instead of just doing these fetch quests yeah you could just play the first two hours to set it up for me i wouldn't have minded it just being like I mean, the if first it was just two hours. all movie all cinema <laughs> if it was all cinema no. i mean like i would have been a little bit weirded out it would have been a little bit of a different experience for me but i felt like it would have been more streamlined it would have went a little bit quicker mm-hmm. and then i could have you know started the game from there and the tutorial could have started from there but it doesn't. Okay. It is what it is. Well, let me let me start. Um, let's stop you there because I want to go back and forth, back and forth because we got a lot to see now. Me and Shay stopped basically right as the opening of the game is finished. It's about I'd say four to five hours into the game, you finally see like title screen, which is kind of different compared to most games. So I thought that'd be a good place for us to stop for this show because next week we'll have Doug really into the meat of what that game is about, probably. Um, but what they're doing is they try to teach you the over... Though this game's getting a lot of attention because the systems are pretty complicated. Like, even everything... Subtle things like trading, lockpicking. Everything in this game is very different than what you're used to. It's surprisingly complex and, and, and overwhelming at times. Yeah. Um, yeah, that lockpick system we're going to oh. have to talk about more in depth later. Oh, I got a funny fucked up story about that. But, um... So, basically, the, the very first thing the game does is it drops you in this little city... And you have to just do some quests, like Shay said, for your father. And they're trying to teach you how to play the game. There's a short little um, battle that you have with a friend, like a spar. You have to go talk to your girlfriend. And she constantly keeps saying, I'll pay you back tonight. Like 10 times during that conversation. She goes, I'll pay you back tonight. Wink, wink, wink. Well, we get it. You want to fuck. Yeah. We We get get it. it. Move on. We get it. Maybe Henry doesn't get, maybe Henry's a little slow and she has to really beat that into him. He seems like a good guy, but maybe he's just, maybe he's just not getting the hint. All right. Um, sadly, they never did get the chance to bank because terrible thing happens. Um, but you have to go collect a debt from this guy and he was an asshole. So I ended up getting into a fist fight with him and it took like, it was like the most awkward 10 minute long fist fight. And then I went into his house and with his keys and I took my tools back <laughs> and uh, I got, my, and here's, this is a, I got a perfect, I can boil how weird this game down, how weird this game is down to one thing. 
You have to go get a, a, a pitcher of ale for your father. It's part of your quest, right? I did that. I bring it back to him and he says, this fucking beer is warm. Go get me some colder beer. So he sends me back to do the fetch quest again because I waited just a little too long and the beer got warm. And I was like, okay. Same. This is, same. This is weird. The same thing happened to me. <laughs> this is a fucking weird game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so I'm wondering, no. Shay, how did you, like, in that opening town, like, I was, I was, first I tried the barter system, but I didn't have anything to get money, so I just wandered around murdering chickens and selling them for, like, <laughs> minuscule <laughs> amounts of gold until I had enough to buy everything really? I needed. I don't know how, I couldn't figure out how to get money in there at all because no one would barter for me. I didn't have any gold. The guy I beat up didn't give me any gold he just gave me the tools how did you end up collecting enough money to buy everything for your for your father so what you do um and it's the whole point of the sequence is once he give you the gives you the tools you go to the guy who sells the charcoal and you sell the tools to the guy who you buy the charcoal from but what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to Wait, kind no. of barter with him to increase the amount that you sell him for and this is where I message you guys about this because I went to sell the tools and I didn't quite have enough money to buy all the charcoal I needed. So I was like, all right, I'm going to ask him to give me more money. I didn't understand the bartering system because there's no tutorial. It just like says a couple quick screens. Oh, and it's and confusing. It looks I've, confusing. Yeah. It's confusing as shit. And that's where the lock picking is going to come into play later. But yep. I, had, I did not understand it. And instead of asking him for more money, I gave him extra money so i actually wow. got less money than i would have normally gotten for the tools did you even get enough and to buy everything like, you needed no oh. no 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 i ended up having to steal the charcoal from him you stole the char <laughs> i didn't even know you could steal it that's pretty cool though but you yeah yeah you can pickpocket in this game so i ended up stealing but what's funny about that that last sequence that you were talking about the fist fight with the guy the really awkward one um, when you're throwing the, the, the cow manure on the, uh, it's the French people's door, if I remember correctly. Yeah, wherever, I chose not to do that. I, I chose to be a good lad and not throw dog manure on the guy's house. Oh, I totally threw, I was totally throwing it because I was like, if I throw the poop with them now, they're going to help me beat up this guy later. So I'm throwing the oh, dog crap or, I didn't or think the, about the cow that. crap. Yeah. And like the, the police come and they're like, we're going to arrest you. And so we have to run away. And, um, I had paused it mid running away to like, go get my dinner or something out of my rice yeah. cooker. And I come back and I'm like, Oh shit, what am I doing? And the guy starts lashing me and killed me. And I was like, all right, you know, it's my fault. So I have to redo that sequence. And then I go to meet them at the location behind the barn to go beat this guy up. And I can't talk to anyone. So the game glitched out on me within like the very first mission. I can't talk to anyone. So I had to restart that sequence a third time. And then finally I was able to talk to them. And that was the first, one of the first glitches I encountered with this game. And it was like within the first hour of playing the game, Ugh. which is super, super frustrating. I, the only glitch I had was my game shut down about two hours in and I lost all my progress. And it wasn't like, it was just one of those, an error has occurred thing as I sent you guys the screenshot. It was just like, oh, an error has occurred. The game has to shut down. It's like, oh, that's fucking great. I lost two hours of game, but that's it. That's the only thing I've added. But what I think is cool is that me and Shay have all these ridiculous stories from the first like 15 minutes of that game. Like I was running around murdering chickens and selling them just to get a couple coins to buy what I needed because that was the only way I could find out to do it. 
Uh, and I was like scrapping for anything to get money. Money in that game is very precious so far at this point. Like every piece of gold you get. Now, the sword fighting feels incredible so far. The fist fight did not feel good, but the one sword fight I did actually feels really dynamic. So you get like a, a, a radial that looks like a star with a bunch of different angles, and with the right joystick, you just click it in different angles that you want to swipe. So while you're fighting, you can slash high left, low left, you can stab. There's The, the combat has a very immersion feel to it, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but I've only done the one fight so far in the first five hours because everything has been tutorial, but, um, the fist fight was just like a really clunky version of that. I mean, I did, a, I recorded a video and I'm going to put it up on the Instagram cause it's fucking hilarious. Um, how it, how it turned out. But anyways, here's the plot twist of this story. I surprisingly love this game a lot, but I will admit it's a little dull, dull and I admit it's a little slow, but I have, I can't remember the last time I played a game with voice acting this good. Um, Uncharted four. Yes. It's pretty Uncharted 4 was pretty damn incredible. This game the voice acting is just stellar and there's so many characters like I don't know how they did like the the facial mapping and stuff. I know it was a Kickstarter but surprisingly good. Like a lot of the faces of the people are kind of a little bit ugly but the for the most part like very believable. The dialogue is very measured and like I've just been really blown away by how good the voice acting is it makes all the characters and the, and the story feel real um almost too absolutely. real i absolutely for, agree with that um well i mean i mean that a sense that some people might be a little bored like like you were telling me the other day it was a little bit of a slog to get through and that it's there's no dragons coming out of the sky um you know there's no fantasy it's like you said, the first hour of the game was doing kind of fetch quests and you have like a sweet conversation with your father while he builds a sword um it's it's a very slow measured game. It's very different than what I think people might be expecting, which I like, but you know, I, I, I like it too, but I don't like, like I said, I don't like the random gameplay element. That's trying to break up the movie by giving you menial shit to do. There, there's zero fun in that. Um, making you do fetch quests within the first hour was a very piss poor way to break up the the cutscenes in the game i think that i mean granted there's like a tutorial sword fight that you get to do which i think is what you're talking about which is nice that was fun but because the the combat system is a little bit different Mm -hmm. than other games but um yeah i just i did not like that and but think about it shay how are they going to teach you voice acting the voice acting the voice acting i think is part of what carries um, the average player through that because the voice mm-hmm. acting is so interesting and believable and these interactions like when he's talking with his father while they're working together blacksmithing the sword for the um, the leader of that particular area the king of that castle it's such a believable conversation it feels like you're saying it feels very measured this this father is kind of scolding his son if you ended up throwing the cow manure um, on the French um, people's uh, building he's kind of giving him a lecture and it felt like to me like this is a lecture i would have gotten when i was a kid if i did something like this it doesn't feel like some fake drawn up melodrama to get you invested it feels real it feels organic yeah and um that kind of character development is really good through this game and that's only enhanced by the voice acting so i felt like 
that aspect of it was phenomenal, and it's what carries you through the beginning of the game. Because if it didn't have that, it would be these enormously long cutscenes broken up by menial fetch quests, and it wouldn't be good at all. Well, but- so I think they, in some regards, play to their strengths at the beginning. <sighs> But then they kind of fall short in other areas. I, but how else would they teach you these important things like bartering or um, like lock picking, which God will get to that in a second. Or like you said, with um, like the, the fighting system, how they taught you that through a couple brawls and sort of the emer- like, I feel like they're trying to teach you a lot of these simple systems in the game. It sounds remedial, but how else are they going to organically teach you the basic elements of the game? there's nothing about fetch quests that are organic to me that's a lazy incredibly lazy way of adding gameplay uh to a game um and it's it's something that games are rife with in recent years Mm -hmm. um it's to me it's kind of been something that's existed ever since um really in grand theft auto when they started introducing the hidden packages as Grand Theft Auto 3, if I remember correctly. And um, it's just, it's it's been mm. this common element in video games. And it's, unless it's doing something for you, like it's upgrading your character, um, there's no point in fetch quests. Uh, fetch quests are boring. We don't, like, who, who the hell wow. plays a game to fetch quest? I, I, will, I will say I respectfully disagree. I will play devil's advocate and say that I think that they're important in helping us learn like the fundamentals of the game. And I will say this, me and you played that section very differently. That that opening section, me and you had completely different spe- experiences and that's the first 15 minutes of the game and I think that's that's cool. But we you know, we can agree disagree there. What about so the second the second chunk of the part that I wanted to ask you about Shay is you get stuck in this town. So spoilers, your family they're very minor spoilers at the, the beginning of the game. If you don't want to hear this, I'm sorry. I mean, it's the very beginning of the game. Your family gets killed. Surprise. And you have to escape to a neighboring city for protection. And then at some point you want to leave that city and go back and bury your family. So um, you get stuck in the city and you have to find your way out. So I'm talking to this lady and she's like, look, if you dress up like a guard, you can find your way out of the city. And I'm like, okay. So I go up to this shack where she says there's some guard stuff and it's locked. So that, okay, fuck. I got to get one of those lock picks. I don't have enough money. So I do the thing I did before. I murder a bunch of chickens. I'm just murdering chickens left and right <laughs> until I can fucking get enough money for, I know it sounds dumb, but it works. And that's the humorous thing about this game. So I go, I buy a lock pick and by the way, expensive. It took all of my money. I go up to the chest. It's this really convoluted, but interesting lock pick system. I'm kind of fiddling with it. Boom. My lock pick breaks. Snap. And it's gone. It's fucking gone. All of that work is fucking gone. And then I go online and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And this guy was like, well, if you save, if you use one of your save schnapps right before the chest, you can keep trying it nine or ten times until you... I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And then and then I found somebody else saying like, dude, you don't, you probably don't know this, but you can just like walk off the bridge and sneak out of the city. So I literally just walked up to the... Jesus I, I walked Christ, up to the drawbridge and, and I just... Jumped off the, the drawbridge and escaped that way. Because it sounds obvious, but in most games, you're, you're thinking you have to go through this vast puzzle. You don't think that you can just walk off the bridge, but you can. Uh, how did you get out of that, that scenario, Shay? That, that is the first thing I did right away. What, you just walked I off the bridge? I immediately went to that bridge and just walked off right away. Yeah, oh like within God. the first 10 seconds. I was like, oh, there's a bridge? 
I remembered that bridge from earlier when I was in this town, and it, there's nothing preventing you from getting out of the world. There's a so guard. I oh, there's a guard. Yeah. Well. I did it right in front of him, and then I just ran off, and he didn't do shit. Well, the other guards, they will track you down, though. Did you get tracked down by the other guards? Nope, I just ran the other way, and I went exactly to where I needed to go. Except I, the bad thing is, and I and I messed this up, I didn't get a horse, so I just ran that whole distance. Uh, but I kind of liked it, because then I ran it, because I ran into random bandits, and it basically allows you to, the game allows you to decide whether you want to run away from the bandit, you want to fight the bandit, or you want to kill the bandit, and... The first time, I just killed the bandit, because he's like, I'm angry, and I'm going to take some of my rage out on you. I was like, fuck you, motherfucker. I'm going to kill you. Mm -hmm. So I killed him immediately, no remorse. But then the second guy's like, I'm really hungry. Give me your food. And I'm like, oh, you know, I feel a little bit bad. So I spared him. But um, it was cool, because, like, you, I, this is one element of the game that I really wish. You know, like, you're going through these abandoned towns. Yeah. And I felt like they could have they could have built the suspense up so well because when you're walking through some of those towns, you're kind of like looking for resources and stuff. And to make something jump out like a like a stray feral dog, or uh, you know maybe a bear that was looting, like they could have did some stuff like that, but they didn't. But also when you're walking through some of these barren, uh, desolate towns that have been pillaged and burned, some of the structures are still standing, and you can't walk in these castles. And it would have been so cool if the game gave you the ability to just, like, walk in this abandoned castle. It would have added mm -hmm. this kind of, like, pseudo-post-apocalyptic feel randomly interspersed throughout the game. Mm. And it would have given people who have that kind of exploratory, curious nature the ability to um, do that. And it, the game... I mean, and that's a, that's a nitpicky thing. But it's just, like, you see this castle... Um, that no, like, there's no one in this town, and you're like, fuck, that would be so cool to just go run around in this castle by yourself. And they didn't yeah. obviously take the the opportunity to make that, but it's yeah, it's yeah. it's a very it's that's true. It's a very weird game. It's very weird. I'm curious to see now that the game actually opens up. Like this whole conversation is basically about the tutorial. It's only the most lengthy and detailed and crazy tutorials I've ever seen in a game. If you want to look at it that way. And now I think the game's going to open up and it's going to have a lot more freedom from the people I've talked to in our community. And I'm curious to see what we think next week when we talk. The villain seems all right, too. He's just like creepy looking bald guy with a, a mustache. Um, and I have a feeling he's going to be playing a, a pretty big role in, in the story. And it's all based off of based off of real events to a degree, I guess, in history. So like a lot of the, the conflicts going on, I'm not familiar with, but it seems like it's executed in a very super serious kind of way which i appreciate so yeah i i even love the voice acting of the villain it feel it doesn't feel like he's doing some type of like ultra evil badass villain voice it's not like he's like i'm gonna kill you yeah, just talks or normal. it's like i'm going to kill you it just he has an austrian accent because that's where he's from and like um like you said before it feels like this very calculated natural feel to a villain and i really like that a lot uh, it's the gameplay is less so carrying me through the game it's more of the story that they're building and the the character interactions which are incredible so far mm -hmm. to me yeah um but yeah that lock picking shit man it man that's one of the Oof. last things i did before i turned the game off today man that is rough it's rough it's man, rough. like if if 
and for any of the listeners or for you guys who have played, um, you know, um, any type of game with lock picking, lock picking is not intuitively that hard. But this game, it is. Josh might love it. Josh loves like rogue games and like lock picking in real life. Josh might love it because you have to use both joysticks. You have to like with one joystick, you have to find like the weak spot. With the left one, you have to like turn the thing around. It's like a a mechanism that it's one. You know, it's crazy. You know what's crazy on the PC is that you only have to do, use one button to do that. It's one key. But with the with oh, you playing so on we're console, fucked. you have to do both <laughs> the joysticks on top of that. Uh, and I was reading about this because I was like, I don't even know. I don't understand how to do this lockpicking bullshit. Apparently, the rumble of the controller makes it even worse. If you turn the rumble off, which I didn't do, um, which I, now I want to, in the the system settings of the actual game yeah. not the or not the game but the console not the game it makes it a little bit easier to lock pick but it is so fucking hard and it is not intuitive at all which is incredibly weird um it's kind of like the opposite of video games where you know usually um they try and emulate kind of learning in a natural cognitive way as us as humans in a video game where you get a lot of information really quick. It's really easy to level something up. And as you get to those harder levels, as you start trying to master it, it gets more difficult to get experience because that's how we as humans comprehend yes. information, how we get better at things. And this well, feels the polar opposite. And that, that is kind of why I love it so far. because Not because it's necessarily intuitive or I'm always enjoying myself, but because it's really fucking weird. And I have not seen very many games like it. And I'm curious to see if when it opens up, if all these systems come together in a way that gives me a lot of freedom, like with the, the people I romance or the decisions I make or my art, like how much freedom am I going to get in this world? And if they can pull that off with all this weird shit, it could be incredible. But I, I don't know because I'm, I'm not there yet, but um, I'm very curious, very curious. Yeah, I agree, too. Like that's that's the one the other thing that's really carrying me. About this game. Um, carrying me through this game thus far is that like i want to know how much freedom they give you and what you can do so far it's just been a bunch of really frustrating things gameplay wise such as glitches Mm -hmm. or such as lock picking problems which i had a glitch with the lock pick but i don't want to talk about that because we've already (laughs) talked enough about this game and enough about glitches and it just infuriates me but like i want to see more of those player interactions and I want it to feel natural when it's combined with a gameplay. Mm. So I'm I'm excited to see as you get into the game if it feels more natural. Like they kind of um, mesh the two in a beautiful blend between the gameplay and the you know the cutscene character interaction aspect, or if it's going to feel like these two two separate entities throughout the entire game where you look forward to the the character development but you hate the gameplay you have to play to get there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious. It's going to be a lot of fun. Next week is going to be the deal breaker. I've never seen a tutorial that de- that deserve this much conversation, but I promise you that it does because it's very strange and fascinating. Um, also, and it's long. It's very long. And imagine Shay, if the lock picking is that crazy, imagine how tough the baby making mini game is going to be. I don't. Yeah, a little drum sound for me. No, why? That's where your brain went to. That's right where it went. Exactly. Well, of course. I mean, come on. One track mine here. Um, we will see next week. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to console. So stay with us if you're a fan of that game. 
where we get we're gonna get into the meat of Kingdom Come. Um no, so we've got some really fun mini topics here. Boom, 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 boom. We can bring Fish back into the show to talk a little Donkey Kong Country. Fish! Welcome back. Yeah. Thank you. From your little sabbatical. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing some Donkey Kong Country. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I set you up, but you're, you're getting ahead of me, okay? I, I was going to say, we had, oh, we had a poll that we okay. ran um, that was Donkey Kong Country inspired, so that'll be a nice segue for us. And basically the poll was, I did four polls this week, and the first one was Donkey Kong Country Top Tropical Freeze. By the way, you can find all of our polls at Swordchomp on Instagram, and you can vote every Tuesday. Every Tuesday we're having polls. People have been messaging me for more polls, and I'm like, no, you got to wait for Tuesday. It's got to be Tuesday, man. I want it to be a, a special thing that you look forward to. Um, I love it. I know Fish and Shay and Josh don't come vote on the polls, but that's okay. <laughs> it's still fun. Um, now I'm just talking to myself, so this is really spotted out of control. Anyways, so the poll that we had this week, the first one for Tropical Freeze, I was just stalling um, until I could find what I was looking for. It was basically, is Tropical Freeze the Switch game that you were looking forward to the most? And it came back, 70% of people said no. Tropical Freeze is not the Switch game they're looking forward to the most this year. And that surprised me. I, don't, I couldn't open it up to asking them anything else. What do you think that they're looking forward to more than Tropical Freeze? Exactly. Probably a Pokemon game. Pokemon. Well, but uh, of announced like games. I mean, those are hypotheticals. Just saying. So. Yeah. Probably Bayonetta mm, 3. Maybe. Maybe Dark Souls remaster. Yeah. Probably not this year, yeah. though. Anyways, I was trying to give Donkey Kong Country some. Yeah. The Dark Souls remaster. remaster. Good. People could be looking forward to that more. Mm. Once again, Donkey Kong gets the shaft. But, um... I wanted Fish to play Donkey Kong Country for the first time. Not necessarily because I was hoping he would like it or love it as much as me. I know that's impossible. Um, but it's important. If you're going to be a gamer, you have to. There's certain games like Fish. Like, what if you knew somebody who had never played Super Mario World? Wouldn't you be like, come on, man. you got to play this game. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, feel, I'd feel obligated to try and coax them into playing that, that game. Important piece of game. History. Yes. Because, I mean, it's, it's dated, so it's always going to feel dated. Let's not joke around. Anyways, how are you playing it? Where did you find Donkey Kong Country, Fish? Uh, I'm playing on the computer with a PS4 okay, controller. Okay, okay, just curious. Um, you yeah. you going to tell them how yeah. you infuriated me at first, Fish? Tell them how you got me all upset? <laughs> I don't know why this would infuriate you, but uh, I, was, I was playing it on my phone with an emulator. Um, granted, the, the controls were obscuring the the screen and whatnot but it, it controlled very well actually and i was surprised but and the picture was really good too um being that small on a phone but i uh, looked good and it also sounded good as well Ugh, so. it's gross but you did play it with a real controller granted ps4 controller is a little weird um you put and i appreciate it you put three hours into it last night so i appreciate you doing that i know you played a lot of monster hunter this week and i was giving you shit for it because you're still addicted but you did mm -hmm. make time for yeah. Donkey Kong Country, um, so I'm curious about your analysis. Um, well, um, I guess the graphics were the first thing that kind of hit me. I've, I played, I, when I was playing through this game, I, I realized that I did play Donkey Kong Country at a demo station. When you were a kid? A kid. Oh, okay. And Flashback. when I was a kid, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and 
it, it was weird because like I remember that that water that first water stage that you go to I think it's called Coral Capers yeah. um um I I specifically remember uh, riding the Marlin there um and as I was playing through it uh last night um uh I noticed that like some of the animations uh on there are actually pretty enduring like um uh, their eyes pop you, out or something uh, thrust- <laughs> <laughs> well that or the, like their idle animation or um when you're on the marlin whenever you thrust forward donkey kong has like this uh, he's like he's holding on to the marlin and whenever you thrust forward it, it literally looks like and donkey kong's having way too much fun with like the marlin shooting out of his crotch in a way and like killing these sharks that i found it comical i was just like that, that's so i love how fish cute. notices the uh the thrusting of the swordfish oh i got that's gotta be a show title the thrusting of the swordfish don't forget that it, it, it was hilarious to me and but um i, I mean the platforming in this game is pretty good. Um, it's not as tight as Mario. <sighs> it's not actually. It, it, it is good that I, I enjoy. I, I enjoyed it actually. Uh, it's different, and but like going through there, there's some things that seem, this game is kind of difficult. I'll I'll just put that mm-hmm. out. Like even you know years later, um, and I don't know if what I could chalk that up to other than like the actual game design. Uh, Cause like there'd be like vultures that are just throwing these little nuts all over the place. And like, they, they, they zoom thrusting swordfish. You got vultures slinging nuts. I mean, yeah. anything <laughs> as, as vultures <laughs> do. Yeah. Fucking game. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just staying. Well, those vultures game. don't give a fuck. All right. They're... Yeah. Yeah, they're singing nuts everywhere. <laughs> I, I really like how we're taking this Donkey Kong Country to a whole new level here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, I I guess where I'm at in the game, like, I just met, met uh, Funky Kong, which really showed its age as far as, like, the 90s go. Because Wait, you didn't just meet yeah, Funky like, Kong. This... What do you mean you just met Funky Kong? I How far are you in the game? How many worlds are you? Um. So, does a stage count as a world to you? Is, Look, is you see what Josh what is doing? Is, He's or... face palming. <laughs> I think I'm in the first. world. You didn't even get out of the first world. Pretty sure. Fucking uh, in three no. hours. You said you played no. it for three hours. Yeah, it's. It, I said it was difficult. It's a difficult oh my god! My daughter got out of the first okay. world. She's five. Yes, no. she did. I'm pretty sure you can beat that game in three hours. Oh, wow! Maybe I wasn't playing it for. Wow, three hours, <laughs> it's like, like, this is like the it. most fun I'm giving fish shit. I like how you t- maybe it was uh, <laughs> two hour, uh, hour and a half. Maybe uh. I think it was it was three minutes. I'm sorry. Oh, so Coral, oh, yeah. did you fight? You didn't fight the boss of the first area. The uh... no. So do you just save on the piece? No, I got I got stuck on a stage where first world. You haven't fought a boss. He hasn't even fought a boss. He hasn't even got to the minecart stage. Holy Jesus Christ, fish! I'm sorry. I was I was mad that they were giving you shit, but now I'm not mad. (laughs) I'm flabbergasted. Wow. Holy shit, dude. Wow. What have you been doing in that game? 
I was I was stuck on the barrel stage. You have to shoot those shoot shoot yourself from the barrel first to barrel, barrel stage. They get dodges. much harder than that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, dude, that's not I don't that. Think this game's for me then. <laughs> I, don't I don't think so. I don't think this game. It's oh my god, game. you did you beat Cuphead? Are you sure you beat Cup? How are you? How are you saving mm-hmm. in the game? Do you just cheat because it's an emulator and just like screen and shave every level or something? Uh, I've actually, yeah, I have been saving, but I haven't had to use. So it, if I you guess? were playing the game the way you're supposed to, you can only save when you get to Candy Shack. She's the the hot, sexy. Uh, Donkey Kong member. So, okay. have you got to her yet? Uh, no, I just told you. I'm well, you said Donkey you did Coral Kong Capers. Got stuck and so after thing. Coral Capers, I think yes. there's one level before you get to Candy. And then... Yes. Wow. That's where I'm at. Which is the blast... The barrel canyon. Wow. Fish, you ha- now this has changed. This is the game for you. This might be an epic of your lifetime. It might take you 20 hours to beat Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I am enjoying the game. Um, I, 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 I am enjoying like some of that. Were you high? Were you, were you on drugs like, or anything? Animations okay. and... But... Okay, I'm done giving you shit. I'm sorry. I don't want to be mean. It's just fun. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Well, so, okay, so I have this question. So, of the, are you enjoying the music? Music's pretty great. Pretty legendary, for the most part. Uh, Yeah, it's good. It's good? That's all you got? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Is it legendary? You don't have to think it's legendary. You're you're entitled to your own opinion. You're your own man. It's 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 right, fish. You know what? Here's here's the thing: is when I asked you guys to play Shining Force, and you guys just ripped apart Shining Force. I feel I felt exactly how Morgan feels right now. I felt personally attacked. (laughs) I wanted to defend. Rip apart Shining Force. Yeah, you did. And um, all of you did. And that's okay. You know, because it's my prize game. Well. And I, I don't think, I don't think, I think the Donkey Kong music is great. I don't think it's as legendary as Morgan is lead, letting on. Um, but I still think it's great. And I think that it's interesting, not in a bad way, that you are only as far as you are. But it is what it is. Because you take a game at your own pace. So Take that. You don't have to endure Morgan Take shit. Take as a slight... Remember when you t- tried mm-hmm. to insult my manhood during Cuphead Fish? Remember that? No. <laughs> you gotta take this that, as a actually. slight to just up your game, man. Donkey Kong. Anyways, um, I was gonna ask you... Well, I was gonna ask you what world you're on, but then we found out. So, I- I'm curious to get your thoughts on some of the classic levels, because you haven't got to the minecart yet, but you're pretty close. Um, There's, like... You're on, like, the first map, and there's, like, six, like, world maps, and then I think a boss. I think there's six. Um, and I'm on, like, the fifth. I, it's, I'll give you this, Fish. It is a tougher game than people get a credit. If you actually play it the way you're supposed to, Fish, you can only save when you get to Candy's little area. So you have to do all those levels over again every time you get a game over or you run out of, of lives. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that happened oh, did to it? me, actually, oh. yeah. Uh, until, yeah, um... Actually, what's his face? Uh, Funky Kong tells you, hey, you should go ahead and farm up some lives from Jungle Hijinks, which is the first level. 
then I realized like, oh shit, yeah, I could just go back to the first level where mm-hmm. I'm actually, I could go through that level without any trouble and collect all the balloons and bananas and yeah. whatnot. So you're stocking up, you know, whatever it takes, you know, Donkey Kong Country 2 for, is famously brutal. Like the second one, like, I don't know if you'll ever get around to it. One day, I hope you do. The third one's not worth your time. The second one's brutal, even for me, like that, that game was really tough. Um, but is it the timing that really got you on the barrel level? Is it like when you have to release yourself shooting out of the barrel? Like what was giving you the most hell? Yeah, it's definitely the timing and like... Is it because it's I spinning? Guess, Does uh, it hurt your eyes? It's like... It, <laughs> it's, it's just like frustrating because there, you have to time the barrels and you also have to time the hornet as well because there's a hornet flying in between you and the barrel that you're trying to get to and... Um, for some reason, these hornets have uh, spikes on their back, so you can't even. Dude, jump there, on there's them. a barrel level where you have kill. to shoot between multiple hornets while they're moving. Okay, it's it gets crazy, like it gets re- in a good way, in a good way. So, um, this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. This might be the greatest thing I've ever seen. I love giving fish shit because the other shows give me. Remember, wasn't fish beating his chest about something last week, and Shay was getting mad at him? I don't remember what it was, but he was gloating about something, and then Shay got really. Uh, I, no, that was you. I was getting mad at you for yet again bringing up Cuphead on X. No, he was gloating about something. I'm gonna have to go look it up. Uh, about pro- probably about having the biggest dick uh, in the podcast, no, which he's well, not wrong. That's not hard to do. Yeah. Oh look, Josh is playing. Oh, Josh is gonna try and beat it while he's on the podcast, just to spite. <laughs> no, just kidding. Josh <laughs> just turned the camera over. All this talk of Donkey Kong made Josh whip it out. Um. Anyways, stick with it, Fish. I love your thoughts. And he also and he also is gonna play yes, Donkey Kong too. as yeah, he whips so. it out. Wah, 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 wah. Um fascinating. I am so fascinated by this, I can't stop thinking about it. Um we're sorry, Josh. I did a poll and Papa John's lost of the shitty pizzas. I said, Is Papa John's the last shitty pizza? Seventy percent of people said no, it's not the best of the shitty pizza. So I don't get it. I don't get it. Man, nine times out of ten, you're posting those polls I like lose. for personal things. Like, <laughs> is Blastoise the best and most underrated? Nah. Is Papa John's the best pizza? Nah. I know, I do. But I will say this. There's a triumph to this. The last two polls, one was, should Persona 6 have um, young adults instead of teenagers? And it came back positive. It was like 70-whatever, 70-30. Yes, we are finally ready for young adults instead of teenagers. So I took a small victory there. Um, I th- I think it, I think that needs it, and I think that's a discussion in itself. But like, it is, yeah. We as gamers are growing up. Why don't like Why don't you curb your in-game characters to the audience who are playing them? Yeah, yeah. It's just weird for me now to play a bunch of high school girls and boys. You know, I'm 31 years old, and the dialogue is just I'm sick of it. But Persona fans are. Um, what's, what's the word for people that don't like change? It's very much like they're stubborn in a way that they want it to be a certain way and it could still be great. That's all I'm saying. It could still be great. Um, maybe we'll have Rich Meister on and we can shove that pole in his face. And the last one was Bloodborne 2. Any excuse we can to talk about Bloodborne? I said, will this be the year Bloodborne 2? We see it at E3 and it came back resoundingly yes. Everyone is thinking that this will be the year that we see Bloodborne 2. So, and I agree. I agree. Last year, we tried to guess Bloodborne 2, and we were wrong, so we can't be wrong two years in a row. The odds are with us, right? (laughs) No. It's the law of averages, Shay. 
That's how it works. Um, uh, can you explain to me how the law of averages work? I have no Morgan? idea. Uh, well, I would guess that it's just if you do something enough, um, the average comes out and it's the law. There you go. All right. So um, on that note, we will move on to the... <laughs> The speaking of uh, laws and science and stuff, God, that sounded really ignorant. Laws and science and stuff. <laughs> we have a BioBreak article today that is pretty interesting. Um, and I'm actually going to let Shay. I'm going to let you introduce it um, because I didn't get the link before the show, which rarely doesn't happen. So I'm going to let you introduce the summary. But the idea, like I, I talked about at the beginning of the show, is like artificially created predators. Now, I know that sounds cooler than it is. They're actually sea snails. So before you get too excited. But this is an interesting step uh, scientifically. So Shay, I know you're excited about this article. Do you want to talk to us about it? Yeah. Um, what are we talking about? <laughs> you're funny. I'm just kidding. I'm just you kidding. Love, you love going to that. Uh, <laughs> you love that. It's my favorite because I know you panic sometimes when I do that. No, this article is interesting because um, it's a very short article. Uh, it's titled, I don't know if you already said this, Virtual Predator is Self-Aware, Behaves Like Living Counterpart. So what the scientists did is they created this model of this this uh, sea slug, which is called the Pleurobranchia californica. Okay. And what they, what they wanted to do was basically see if they modeled this, this creature, basically after a real sea slug, can they give it some sort of cognizance and sentience. And what they were finding is that this cyber slug has a simple self-awareness. Um, it, it has motivation and memories. And um, that's based off of the perceptions of its external world. And it reacts to this information that it gets from that. So it has a basic level of cognizance. Hmm. And it has to decide when it encounters something, does it eat it? Or is it too risky? Is it too dangerous? Um, is it going to hurt the creature? Like, it has to decide all these things. And it's really interesting that they were able to create um, basically some sort of simulation that emulates it so well because it it acts exactly like the creature they modeled it after. And they've taken it so far from ba the basic simple computer simulation into start creating a basic um, real model of what this creature is supposed to be. So they have this, they have this okay. actual working model in its most basic form and they're just testing it out. And as they um, get the circuitry, um, more circuitry involved with it, they're making it more and more complex okay. to give it higher cognitive abilities. So, like, how do, how do you guys feel about that? Is that, like, is that something that's scary to you guys? That they're basically working on creating a creature that has sentience? Well, or is that just like, ah, oh, we're a ways off of, of that? We're a ways off, but I will say this, Shay. Nice segue. Thank you, Unstop the Day, for sending Fish a brand new copy of Near Automata, a game that does address the idea of sentience and artificial life forms. Um, it does, which that's actually true. He actually sent Fish a brand new copy of Near Automata, or Automata, I can never say it correctly, which I think is fucking incredible. So, Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Um, and very looking forward to Fish delving into that game um, when he's done beating his head on the, the Donkey Kong barrels. But, you know, the. Um, the idea of <laughs> the idea of what you're saying, Shay, is 
cognizance because it's just reacting and learning to react in a way like, is that true cognizance? I don't know. I don't know if I'm really, I, I think it's really cool, but just somehow for me, just knowing that it is not a r organic life form that keeps this sort of separation in my mind um, from getting like, interesting, you know, because it's making its own decisions at the end of, at the end of the day. And that's based off of its experiences, which is very much what we as humans do. Um, you yes. know, and so how, how do you separate be, because it does like, and I'm not being, rude. no, it's a good question a negative be way. because I think they're up. So because ahead, it's, it's because hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I, I haven't even asked the question yet. So how do you differentiate be, between this creature and how it's ma it makes decisions the same way that we as humans do, just at a more primitive level? How do you differentiate that that is not being cognizant, um, being cognizant, a cognizant creature, yet you would essentially and effectively, and for good reason, consider humans as being cognizant? How do you differentiate well, between the two? It, and is it's, it only it's, because of the fact that it's a simulation and not like something you can feel a heartbeat? From. Well, that so my answer would be it's strange that anxiety always makes me think of this, but as the biological nature of living species, and I'll just speak for humans in general, obviously, because I can't speak for other species, is that I think we do make decisions also based off of biological things that we feel uh, and situate like our body, like the way even we even respond to to our body's reaction to things, to health issues, to there's a lot of things that go along with just actual you know biology. And I think that those influence those cognitive decisions as well. So that's why I think it's all part of the package. I think it's interesting to have that half of the package, but I still think half of it's missing. So you're basically saying that even though that stimuli is there, um, is, it, is it a real reaction or is it one that's humans we have kind of coaxed these creatures into having? Am I hearing that correctly? I guess it's a fairly close way to describe because there's there this because it's because it's not a living thing technically. Um, it's just re it's just reacting and learning like a machine would, and that's why I would always think of it more like a machine. It's making decision. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. So, what what makes it not to you alive? And I'm not saying you're wrong here. I'm just I'm curious. Because, yeah, like yeah. uh. What do, like what what do you think defines something as being living or not living? Like what 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 would be those qualities to you? I feel like if it's for biological things that I mean obviously there are things that people will point to like a brain or a heart or whatever they want to do. I'm just saying, but a, bi a living biological creature, um, because we base decisions, I also feel off of biological impulses. And or health concerns, like if you can actually have a real, maybe um, instead of a programmed response to pain, like an actual feeling of pain, like the way you feel it and your blood comes out. Like, I just feel like there is a level of humanity that mixes into it, our biology, that you cannot emulate. Um, Interesting. Okay. So, well, it does and it doesn't to me, because you're basically saying that there needs to be a level of humanity there. So by, by that, by definition, you're basically saying that animals and plants and bacteria and protists and all these microscopic organisms 
aren't alive because they don't have a level of humanity. No, a level of only humans. No, a level. Of, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Go a ahead. level of biology there because these sea sails are not. They're not technically living creatures. They're they're just they're just machines to some degree, right? So, I right, but right. So there's just the best they can do is emulate a living creature, and you're saying if they emulate it incredibly well, isn't that kind of the same thing? And I'm saying it's very close, but it's not the same thing. And that's I, I see what you're saying. I'm not actually quite. I'm not quite saying that. What I'm saying is that. Basically, your 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 level of determination for something being alive, for all intents and purposes, is there needs to be a level of cognizance there. There needs to be a level of actions and reactions based off of what's happening in the, the environment. And this their body study shows. That and these, their body. Yeah, these. That's what's happening. What are they feeling these, in these their creatures, body? They're not. They don't have organs. They, Hold hold on hold on let me talk. No, I'm asking you a question. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> interrupting. You. I'm just saying. Like, well, I know, but I'm I'm going to answer. Okay, okay, I'm going okay. to answer your question. Give me a second. Yeah. So, what what you're saying is that like th- that those aren't occurring, but they are occurring because even though it's a program, you, and I know you're getting hung up on that part, which I'm not disputing at all. But these creatures have the choice to decide. Okay, am I hungry? If I or I feel hungry. If I'm feeling this hungry, is it worth risking eating something that could hurt me? Uh, and they do have, they do feel that pain because th- that's, that's part of the decision. Stop right there. Stop right, right there. there. How do they, they know they're hungry? hungry? Enough? What pain are they feeling? They're not actually, it's all programmed, right? They're not actually. How do, how do we know that? We, we don't know that because you and I both don't understand the the a the technical technological aspect of it and b i don't even think humans have the ability to distinguish how actual sea slugs feel their pain receptor and exactly how they feel because that's something we're still studying with almost all animals how but that's they it right there to pain the word there, simulation. that emotional ability yeah, yeah. is there no no you said it yourself you said no, it yourself. no 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 it's not no no, I haven't. <laughs> so let me finish what I'm trying to say. Because you're, you're getting hung up on certain things. Okay. And what am I getting hung up here. on? Is that basically if, if they get hungry enough, they're going to either decide, you know, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to feel pain. Or they're going to decide I need to eat or I'm going to die. And so they endure that pain, which, you know, it, it, they do feel that pain, even if it is a simulation. And they, you know, they make that decision on their own. It's not a programmed response. They, we're not programmed giving them one of two options. They have a whole array of options, which they choose from on their own. And that's the point here. That cognizance, even though you feel like is not there by your own definition of life, that cognizance is there pointing to life now i agree that shouldn't be the only determining factor there but the basic biological functioning functions are actually happening even if it is a simulation they have to ingest these organisms so they don't feel hungry so they do have energy so they can continue to sustain life within their body so their quote-unquote biological functions even if it is a simulation even if it is a model are still happening so the, those biological functions that you alluded to 
are happening. That cognizance that you are alluding to is happening. And those are the two main things you cited as, two of the three main things you cited as something being alive. So how can we say that that is not, in effect, a very simplistic life form just because it's created? Because how, if we create these organisms and they do have that sentience and cognizance, we have to redefine what life is at that point. Well, I will say this real quickly and then I'll let Fish and Josh jump in here because I don't want to hog the whole thing. I will just say briefly that I feel, and this is just my theory, that whatever it feels when it thinks it feels pain for hunger is different than what we feel with actual biological reasons for that. And, and you said it several times, it is a, no matter what it is, it is a simulation. And as cool as it is and as interesting it is, it's still always going to be a simulation and it will never be biology. Now, I'm not inside of the sea slug's mind, so this is just my opinion. But I, I believe firmly in that, that there is elements of biology that make it more complicated than what they're achieving here, even though it's incredible. Um, Fish and Josh, do you guys want to jump in here at all? Uh, well, I was just thinking, like, the human mind is a very complex thing. Um, and we have nerve endings that go from every part of our body um, to our brain that gives us a signal whenever... Uh, where we feel something and I was just thinking like uh, uh, the this uh, this simulation of uh, this uh, sea slug yeah. cyber slug yeah uh, if, if it's if it can essentially feel something and react to it like that would be pretty close to what I think is it, it is weird that they that they can uh create something like that that's just making its own decisions essentially um by just using whatever it has in it and it acts much like a living organism um but if you flip it on its head like computers these days like i believe the computer was actually modeled after the human brain and um yeah i just i it, there there's it's it's very interesting like how far we've come with our knowledge but like that this is kind of out of you know two interesting things fish no that's interesting i think that actually brings up a good point too that we haven't really addressed which would be a whole topic in itself but like, couldn't we as, in some way say humans, in effect, live a simulation through our society and culture? Because we make decisions based off of what other people do. So we kind of have this program in right. our minds, so to speak, of like what certain people do and how they act. And that, in effect, is our decision-making process. So we are kind of, in a way, programmed through other humans on how we make our but own But what decisions. fuels you when you when you have that lust bulging in your pants, Shay, biologically, you feel it and you're fueled to Come on. I'm, come on. No, sir, this is not relatable yeah, to see. Yes, slugs. it is. This I, is not I'm relatable there, to see. Because you, I think all, what I'm saying is there are, I'm pretty sure sea slugs don't wear pants more. Well, but they, but they do they feel some sort of sexual <laughs> like what is their sexuality? Do they have the do they are they programmed the ability to mate? Like how does that work? Because all I'm saying is there are biological things you can feel. Fish said two words I thought were interesting. He said act 
and pretty close, which is exactly what I'm thinking when I hear this. It's acting as if a human would, and it's pretty close, but it's still not organic. But it's not, that it's not supposed to be emulating human. Why are we comparing it to a human? Or, oh, I'm sorry, emulating. life. It is emulating, emulating a living creature. I, I keep saying human, and that's my fault. I just mean living creatures. Okay. Well, man, I just. You're really buying this sea slug thing. And this, I, th- I, think, I think at the end of the day, we're, we're going to have to dis- well, agree I want to Josh, disagree on this. I don't want to interrupt you, but I, I want Josh's like... thought on this, though, because Josh has a very particular. I agree. I agree. Um. I mean, it's impossible to tell. That's the whole point. But that's a philosophical thing. I have no idea if Morgan is sentient. But uh, for society to function, we have to all agree that he is. That's, that's how this works. We don't have to agree that the sea slug is sentient or anything like that. Um, which puts us in a completely different position on it. Um, and I mean, this is this is one of the main reasons why there's some people feel so strongly about being vegetarian, um, because of you know basically the same thing. We have no idea that animals feel that's stuff. true. It's, true. it's like just on that level. It just because it's organic does not really put it in a different distinction of what we can assume about its own thoughts. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's really no way to tell what a computer thinks. But if you had to get, that's right, Josh, and that's, I, that's I the agree. intelligent answer, but if you had, if someone put a gun in your head and said, like, for fun, that you have to pick a side here, what are you going with? About it being alive or not? Like, I guess, if, I try to get to the heart of what we're even arguing about, really. I don't even fucking know anymore, but we were arguing about something. So, I, the heart of, like, Shay was trying to say is, well, how is this any different, I think, than a living creature? Or is it exactly the same? Right? Am I understanding that, Shay, or am I misquoting you? I don't want to misquote you. I, I think it's, I think it boiled down even simply, simpler, because Josh is right. It's, it is a question of two things. Morality. Uh, like an ethics mm-hmm. and also it it's we if this is what we would consider living we need to redefine the parameters of what is a sentient living creature yes so i think it's boiled down to can this computer simulation which is starting to turn into a model simulation be considered life? do you think a uh, fertilized egg is um a living creature shay I, that's a joke. I'm sorry. I'm not actually going to talk about abortion. I just <laughs> yeah. Let's not. Oh come on! You guys lighten up a little bit. Jesus Christ! Broach you think that. Talk about abortion. You're crazy. Let us not, because that will be the no. I'm not. That enough. will be the worst argument we've ever had in Chompcast history. I know, but I'm just, I, that, that was the joke. I would never jump into an abortion. Morgan, you and I have argued that one many a times. Let's not. But what you're again. saying, what you're saying, Shay, is like, what do you consider life? Um, if it emulates life, is it to to a degree? Should we consider it life? But I have to say, if it's not organic, then no, I can't. That's my firm stance. But I thought you were asking Josh's question, not answering it again yourself. I am, but I just was. I was having to. I just say it out loud because otherwise we'd get confused. So I want to say it out loud. Hear myself say it. Okay, Josh. Um, no, I mean it's not for 
the main reason that it's not self-sustaining at this point. Um, I mean, the power goes out, it ceases. It doesn't just cease to exist. The universe in which it exists ceases to exist. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Which is the biggest difference. I mean, like, it's... For, for example, if our universe could just cease to exist you know, with the flip of a switch, it wouldn't really matter if we're alive or not. Like, that's that's not even part of the question at that point. And I think that's... I, I don't know. I, I think that's kind of where I draw the line on it. Can, can um, I play devil's least, advocate? At least, for, at least for now. Yeah, I want to play devil's advocate for a second. So our body is made up of trillions of different types of cells and bacteria. Mm-hmm. If our body dies, if we have a heart attack, one of us has a heart attack tomorrow. Do those cells, are they self-sustainable or do they all die when our body dies? It's not instantaneous, obviously, but all of those cells, do they not die when our body dies? At that point, do we say, are those cells not a living organism? Because they themselves are not self-sustainable. Yeah, they're not. Exactly. So. Yes. <laughs> no, no, honestly, I, I agree with Josh that I don't think this is a living organism because our parameters of life don't identify it as so such. You, okay. But, but you I, want to stretch I think that the parameters. A bigger question. You want to stretch the parameters to include things that are not living. So you just want to, you just want to make it too big, but that's a dangerous game. That's a dangerous game. No, I, 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 th- I think that is actually a step towards, you know, I think that's dealing with a, a touchy issue that will, I think, as long as humans survive, a big ethical issue that's going to come in the next few hundred mm-hmm. years. Because AI is pushing to that point where I think it's going to be sentient and cognizant if mm-hmm. we, again, if humans survive. And at that point, there's going to be the whole rights issue of does artificial intelligence deserve rights? Does it have rights? And you know what? Why instead of waiting until it's a problem to identify that, you know, i.e. any type of race issues where we've waited until those are problems in America to try and identify those issues or gender things and just say now, hey, when this happens, if it happens, Let's identify the parameters of life. Let's identify those rights that those creatures have. Why not do it now before it's a problem rather than waiting for it to become a problem and that having to be a solution that we have to integrate? And to me, that's like the difference between prehabbing an injury, as in like stretching your body every day, versus rehabbing an injury, which takes much longer to rehab your body than to prehab it. It's kind of the same thought process there for me. Well, I will say this. I agree with you, Shay. It would be interesting if we ever got to the point where AI or like people like in Near Automata, like 2B, she is not real, but they even like have like a blood-like thing. They There's nothing distinguishable about them that would make you think they weren't real. So if we could ever get to a point like that with technology, it would be troubling because we would feel, we would start treating them like humans or even though they were not. 
And that becomes very dicey emotionally when you start to, there's people that grow attachments to, to virtual characters and video games. Now imagine you have an, an, there are people that have attachments to cars, to fucking jackets, to water yes. bottles, so, to inanimate to vibrating in body general. pillows. That too. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be crazy to differentiate that, but it's still, it's still just not. Yeah. Anyways, so that we could go on for hours. I think it's a very, a very interesting discussion. We could, we could. I agree. I agree. I, I'm glad because I felt like that was a, a very, it was a very interesting topic. And that's exactly why I picked this article because it's something that needs to be talked about now. Because instead of being afraid of AI, instead of being afraid of what it's going to happen, mm-hmm. let's just talk about it. You know, hey, if we can get two B to get some some rights, I'm okay with it. You know, I want everything for two B. I want her to be treated with respect and dignity, and all of those things. So, if that's what it takes to stretch the parameters, Shay, I'm all for okay. it. All right. At least you're open to the idea. I'll get. I'll give you credit yes, for that. Yes, yes. And I will just pretend in my head that they're real, even though I know that they're not. Um, and then we can always live peacefully. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyways, the the back end of this show, man, we had so much crazy. Oh, um, I wanted to pull up this email real quickly. I promised we'd read this. So if somebody could go grab that while I stall here, I would love you guys forever. Um, we have a pretty awesome email that we wanted to read as well um, while I kind of catch up at the end of the week. Fish, I know you want to talk a little more Monster Hunter, but look, Rich has been getting in touch with me, and I think if we can maybe get Rich on the show in the next couple weeks, I know he wants to talk some Monster Hunter as well, probably with you. Um, so we can probably hold the bulk of it off until then, but mm-hmm. I know you've still been you've still been addicted. I, go ahead. Is there anything you'd like to say? about? I mean, I gave you a lot of shit for Donkey Kong, so I'm going to give you a chance here to... Yeah, yeah. Let me get this off my chest, okay. please. That's what she's just kidding. I don't have anything to say. Nope. You know, Fish? I'll I'll wait. I'll wait until. I'd rather you not get get it on the show. I'd rather you not get it off your chest. I'd rather you just say it with your chest. Say it with your chest, Fish. That's. Say it just. Monster Hunter. So good. Um. I would love. I want to see Fish pull off an accent again. I, I would love to see. Like, what's your best accent, Fish? When you go into the accent bag, like if someone, if you're trying to be funny at a party or something, you've had a oh. the look of the Irish, <laughs> the Irish. I'm Conor McGregor, <laughs> Ireland, Ireland. Uh, I don't really have one other than like my. Let's hear. It. Yeah, accent, give me your southern fish. But that. Uh, I have to be in the mood for that. Uh, this is great radio. This is great radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> High class radio right here. Go on. Go on. Wait. I don't know what I'm saying here. I, I hate being put on the spot. It's fun. I, I can't do it. Just say like, my name's... No, that's not Southern. My name's Fish. I'm from around these parts. You know what I mean? I got a quiet demeanor, but once you get to know me, I'll give you a good time. See? Not too hard. Right, right. Okay, I'm not getting anything yeah. out of fish. I tried. Um, yeah, so you're still addicted to Monster Hunter for some reason. Like, what, what the hell's wrong with you? What's going on? It's just, uh, it's a really great game. It's fun as fuck, and uh, I like the, uh, the loop of it, I guess, of fighting higher difficult monsters, getting better gear, and, um... How deep are you in the end game? Like, what are you doing right now at where you're at? 
So uh, deep. Right now, I'm still at Hunter rank uh-huh. 14. Um, and I still have the Elder Dragons to defeat. Um, and once you defeat them, I think that's whenever I can actually go up in Hunter rank. Um, uh, and then after that, you actually do like tempered monsters and. Um, they're just harder the versions of yeah. monsters that you've been fighting. What are you? What is your goal right yeah. now? What are you but, shooting for? Uh, is it like a particular piece of gear or armor or like what's going on there? Uh, mainly just to defeat all the, I guess the elder dragons and have that under my belt and unlock all the gear that they have. I guess and see if any of them tickle my fancy as far as um, the aesthetics of them goes and if they have any cool mm-hmm. abil- abilities on them. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, after that, that's, then you kind of get into more of, I guess, just grinding the same stuff out. But yeah, I haven't seen the last dragon or two of, actually, I haven't seen two of the five elder dragons. So I got two more elder dragons to actually kill and I don't know how I would feel after that, but. Yeah. Do you feel like your addiction is waning a little bit, or are you still you still feeling it? Uh, a little bit now that um, I got that copy in here. Something Woo-hoo! new to play, I guess. Um, That's yeah. exciting. Um, so I'm so excited. Yep. Fish is playing near and Donkey Kong Country in the same week. This is like heaven for me. Uh, that can mm-hmm. be a group copy too. So, like, if you're done Enjoy with it, it, if you if you want, we can always send it to Shay over in Japan. Technically, that's a sword chomp copy. So, don't have oh, okay. to. It's just an idea. Just an idea. Well, trying well, to rip know. it from my hands. Share huh? the love. Well, Already. you know, we'll see if you love it, and maybe you don't have to rip it from your hands. But I couldn't believe it was unopened too. He sent you an unopened copy of the game. I was like, holy shit! It's still in the shrink wrap. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, our listeners are great. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I, I hope we give you a chance to talk a little Monster Hunter with, uh, if we can get Rich on here and maybe, maybe sometime soon, our good friend from Destructoid. Um, so the email we got this week, I'm going to read it here. It is from Pitcher Cameron. And, um, okay, so it's a long one. So here we go. It says, hey, what's up, guys? I recently picked up Resident Evil 7 Gold on sale for $30. It's a great deal. I'm almost done with the main campaign. Spoilers. Currently chasing after Evie. As Zoe, I'm writing in because I feel like I'm one of the few people that picked up The Evil Within 2 on release day and completed it fairly soon after. How many of you have played both? And what do you think is the better sequel to a horror-based gaming franchise? I can't really comment yet, seeing as I've completed all of the content yet. But I will say that I think I enjoyed the gameplay of The Evil Within 2 um, more than Resident Evil 7. I've been having problems with the map and navigation in Resident Evil 7 the whole time, and even the guides haven't helped. I'm a big fan of the show. Thank you. If you decide to use my question, P.S. Fish, let's kill some Elder Dragons together this weekend. Wow, what a nice segue. He was just talking about that. It was, la- it was fun last time we played, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to give out his username on here. It was private, so. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Everybody, do that. please add don't Cameron at username. <laughs> okay, don't do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that was that reminds- the last thing. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry, uh, yeah, me, me and Cameron are actually, we met up online and, uh, yeah, he was actually, he took me through some of the Elder Dragons that I had to kill, because you actually have to search down their tracks before you can actually find them, so um, he helped me out with that, which was really cool of him, and 
spent Normal, an hour yeah. with him. Normally me and Fish play these games uh, together, so thank you, Cameron, for filling in for me and being Fish's true best friend. <laughs> His true Monster Hunter best friend. Yes. He's a new pizza right. bro. The new pizza bro I've been replaced. Mm-hmm. Um his his email actually reminded me of how shitty the map system is on uh Kingdom Come. Oh god, it's bad. That's, it's so bad. That's for yeah. next week as we oh, talk you're more. Right, yeah. yeah, it's so funny. It even looks ugly like but we'll the menus that in that game week. look like they were like bargain. They're just they're just fucking hot garbage. And I think it they're just a bunch I think of they're intentional trubbishes too. Like I think it was all yeah, next week. Um I can keep this pretty brief because I know it's been a long show, but I really appreciate people email in, so I want to give them the, 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 the time for a proper response. No, I strongly disagree. I mean, Resident Evil 7 has some problems, and VR made up for them. Like I said, I don't know if it would have been in my top 10 if I hadn't played it in VR, but in VR it was in my number 2 for the year. Having said that, uh, The Evil Within 2 did have much more solid traditional third-person gameplay, but I feel like it was much more soulless. They went for like that corporate... Uh, more mainstream mass appeal kind of game and it's a better game than that's that's safe that safe yes, road yes the safe road and bethesda you know has kind of been moving that direction and that's fine it sounds like he really enjoyed it i didn't think it was scary i didn't think it was particularly like super fun like it didn't do a lot for me but i will agree that it was a better game than the evil within the thing is when everything else isn't working for me, it's just like the main character. I wasn't a fan of the story. I feel like Resident Evil Seven nailed a lot of those things, um, just a lot better. Now, having said that, I played it in VR, so I'm jaded. Um, but um, a lot of people really like the Evil Within Two. If you if you are listening, Cameron, you should go back and listen to our Evil Within Two podcast, even though you might disagree with us or me. Me and Fish played it for a little bit. There's a funny picture on our Instagram of a priest putting his hand on Fish's uh, crotch. So that's that's the episode you want to check out for sure. Fish, do you have any thoughts on this? You played The Evil Within 2 as well, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, yeah, The Evil Within 2 was more of like an open world type of game. Um, and whereas, yeah, Resident Evil's kind of linear as far as where you where you have to go to progress. Um, and yeah, I I think it's just too kind of different worlds within the same genre. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, even within 2 didn't even wasn't even that scary. Didn't feel scary to me, did you? It it had more like psychological or Psych- well, psychedelic. Yeah, well, I guess maybe. Yeah. Yeah, well, like that that they had like that I don't know, it was that creature that was like following you down the hallway and like came out I I can't remember. I can't recall it right now, but like you Oh, yeah, she attacked she, you in the house. Yeah, she was like a was girl, a like a, a not like a yeah. witch, but sort of. It was. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it was. Yeah, it was almost like, like a the ring. Yeah, type the white hair yeah. creature, just overly big. Yeah, uh, and they coming at you with the big old saw blade yes. that you just had to run from. Um, yeah, I mean, it does have its scary moments, and I think more of the tension in that game in Evil Within Two came from um, just your. Uh, exploring around the town and uh coming across different um enemies in that there's a video i put on my um personal youtube page morgan's madness on youtube if you want to look for it, of where i expressed my fr- frustration for that game in one shot because the enemies were bullet sponges and i just hate that in games and um 
and there was this really cheap sequence I had. Anyways, if you want to check it out, go watch it. I summed up all my frustration in that one short clip, and at least you'll understand where I'm coming from, even if you disagree. But, um, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, thank you for the email. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, a couple really quick things, and we can wrap up this pretty lengthy, but incredibly engaging show. A couple of quick things. I put up this on the website this week. I did a quick loot box that all of our Instagram community could open. So if you haven't done that, go to their Instagram page, and check it out. There's a bunch of cute pictures of us on there and silly hijinks and whatnot, including fish dressed up like solid snake. Um, I posted a picture of Hyperlight Drifter and told the community about how that inspired our logo design and got a lot of people excited about trying that game. And now I want to play Hyperlight Drifter again. So. Yeah, and on top of that, just another thank you to Jason Allen Roberts over at, um, oh my God, I just m- victory overall his yeah. his business name. The thank you, thank God, I can't believe I blanked that out. Victory overall, thank you, Jason, so yeah. much for that logo, um, and basically the dagger tooth too, all the work you've done for us. Thank you okay. so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, exactly. So that was then really cool, and then let's see. That I was harsh on that game, and I actually want to go back and give it another shake, despite my issues with it. I mean, because it has such a cool look to it. It's like Dark Souls meets Zelda. When people hear that, they're like, "Holy shit!" The game got looked over by a lot of people. If and if you do it, I'll actually if you do it, if you want, I'll play it again just to yeah do like a second recap on it. Like, do I still feel as I moved by it? I, I would love want. to. Yeah. That's just that's an open-ended offer okay i I will do that with you shay but here's the tricky yes i'm because we have this into the breach game we really want to play that josh got on steam i think we'd all love that so i'd love if we could all spend like an hour with that game that's amazing i think me and shay are still right in the heart of kingdom come and then moss the game we were all about that cute little mouse game came out on psvr so i want to play that so i'm fucking overloaded right now which sucks which is weird because last week i was like i have nothing to play and now i have too many fucking things to play that's fucking video games for you Mm-hmm. yeah dude i i'm really because i don't want to go out and buy a system and i know they're not going to get it at the video game bar that has the That's vr here so i'm really excited to hear what you think about moss because i know that game is going to be awesome i have heard great things about it um so it's worth getting the vr headache Again, that's one thing as I've gotten older, it sucks because I love VR, but like I'm just my head is feeble and frail and I get a lot of headaches, so kind of bums me out. Um other than that though, it's good. We have a lot of good stuff coming up. It's been a great show. Thank you to everyone who left comments and supported us. Again, you can email us, much like our friend Cameron did at swordchomp at gmail.com. Um, you can follow us on the at swordchomp on Instagram or my YouTube, Morgan's Madness on YouTube. There's so many different places you can find us. Um, of course, at Swordchomp on Twitter as well. <sighs> it's been fun. It's getting late. It's been a long show. And we have more, all sorts of new stuff to talk about next week as well. So thanks again for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Holy diver! Maybe that is, maybe that song is